All right, look, let's just sit down, okay? Where, on the ground? No, grab a log or a rock. Yeah, that's much better. This is exactly how I pictured it. We closed off the trail and no one's been back since we left. So how's it work? The rules are simple. This is all about telling the tales. Scary tales. Exactly. I know you guys. Just like my brother Gary knew the friends he brought here. We all love stories that are weird and scary. And this secret place is where we tell those stories. Because when we enter the circle, we leave reality behind and enter a dark world where anything can happen. Feed me, gut buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. And I'm Andrew. And this is episode 145, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking season six of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. Entire season. Yeah. Uh, a season we haven't talked about at all. Yeah. So why not just talk about the whole thing at once? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it seemed like, I mean, we don't have necessarily a connection to these episodes as much, so I don't know that there's any I would have thought to go back to on their own without having reviewed these. No. In fact, I think my only familiarity with season six was um, when Splat, or even prior to Splat, when they had Teen Nick, mm. when they would re-air sometimes, yeah. there were certain ones I remember remember coming on and definitely knowing that it wasn't part of the original run and watching um that will come up in this episode but um i'm kind of happy it worked out like this because when they aired we were 12 13 years old and uh i think i just lost interest at that point yeah agreed um i i remember seeing the first couple and (laughs) i may have gotten turned off um like right then yeah and you know maybe didn't have the impulse to have to keep up every week with whenever they were coming out and yeah and i think i told you maybe when we weren't recording but in my head i felt like when i watched them or or when i came across them in 1999 that they seemed very different to me than the original run yeah i felt very judgmental of it yeah and now when i rewatch it I mean, the quality varies a lot more than the original Mm -hmm. run, but they're exactly the same. I totally agree. (laughs) Uh, I thought they felt like... I I feel you on that completely. Um, I was going into it thinking they had some, like, element that was just not the same. Yeah. But really, it was pretty close. I mean, I don't think the uh, Midnight Society... I don't like them quite as much, yeah. but they're all right. But even they're not as yeah. bad as I thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, all aspects. The Midnight Society, um, we're going to break down. So 13 episodes, as always, uh, for an Are You Afraid of the Dark season. We're going to kind of run down them, um, 1 through 13. And then as we talk about them, talk about where they kind of rank in the season for us out of 13. Yeah. Um, what we like, what we don't like. Um, 
We're also going to call our friend and illustrator Brett Wilson, who's kind of a uh, he has a I think a deep understanding of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, he seems to really get it. Yeah, so I'd love to I'd love to pick his brain about it. Um, you know what? I had some observations. Can I start with some yeah, observations? Yeah. The first one was um, what we just mentioned, which is that you know it wasn't so different from the original yeah. run. I noted that DJ McHale, uh, the the co- one of the co-creators of the show, uh, doesn't write or direct on any of these episodes. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. And I so, combine. I was like looking over season six and seven at the same time. Yeah, he's on I, seven. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like maybe that could play a part in the varying quality. Yeah, sure. Um, the Midnight Society here. I think there are. I guess we can get into this, but I think there are some storyteller. <laughs> Some kids who have a lot better stories than the others. Uh, in, uh, in my yeah, that's kind of true. Though I feel like it's kind of skewed because Tucker had four of the stories. Yeah. Um. So he like you know he took over a third of the total stories. He did, but I have someone who's definitely I think the best. That's not Tucker, and someone who's the worst. Who's not Tucker? Okay. Oh, um, you. you, you, you <laughs> you're, I mean, you're, I have a best and worst. Okay, but we can wait. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm certainly interested. Um, uh, I did note that this season has a lot of like game-based stuff going on. Hmm. Um, like oh, epi- game episodes yeah, based yeah. on games or yeah. device digital things. Um, yeah. So that seemed to be a reoccurring theme. I also noted that Tucker's voice seems to get deeper on every episode. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't specifically <laughs> notice that, but we did note, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago or last week that, um, Tucker definitely seems to be the seasoned vet this time around. Oh yeah. No Gary. So he's in charge. Yeah. And I, th- I guess by default. Yeah. He, it seems like he gathered the kids, um, yeah. to try this as like an experiment. Yeah. And it seems to me that Quinn perhaps is taking the mantle of, um, the most obnoxious Oh, yeah, At least the sure. most abrasive. Sure. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we should mention the Midnight Society is Quinn, Tucker, Megan, Andy, and Vange. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that name in my life. Vange, Megan, Andy, Quinn. Are we ready? Um, but boy, I was just, I was just so happy to go back and watch this. Yeah, I, I felt good about it. Yeah. Actually, like way better than I thought I was gonna feel getting through all these episodes yeah it was kind of exciting to realize there was a lot of are you afraid of the dark i hadn't seen yeah there's definitely a couple in here that were harder to sit through (laughs) than the rest but my number 13 i think like you almost couldn't pay me to watch it again (laughs) it was so terrible um and and my number one i think would hold up against some of the classics uh i agree with both of those statements okay i'll be i mean we have to have the same bottom one at least i would think so <laughs> <laughs> it would be very interesting if we don't okay um well yeah let's let's jump right into it uh we are going to be spoiling these episodes the yeah. series is you know the season's 21 years old uh all of these episodes are free on daily motion so if we talk about an episode and you're like oh boy i don't want them to spoil that pause the podcast watch a 25 minute episode and i guess tune yeah. back in um what episode is the first to air in season six of are you afraid of the dark i believe it's the forever game that's what i had as well yeah okay. and i remember seeing that for sure when yeah. we were younger uh i must have seen it like right when it aired and yeah. definitely at the time felt like uh this was weird something was weird about it but 
I feel a lot better about it now. Yeah, I, um, I also remember tuning into it. Um, well, okay, so tell, yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit what it was. Uh, this is, according to IMDb, <laughs> a teen boy finds himself trapped, leaving him, his friend, and his sister as pawns in a life-or-death board game. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of... No, it's an okay descriptor. Yeah. Um, I mean, so kid, they're, they're kids in the woods. Yeah. yeah. And um, they get stuck in a loop. Yeah. Which is kind which of which is a good effect. Yes, that's an I interesting like that. concept. And there seems to be a. Um, it happened very quickly. Yeah. Is my only. Yeah. The kind j- of great jerk in the bunch gets stuck in a tree. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he has to play this forever game with this weird kid that's stuck in there as well yeah this early 20th century it's kind of your prototypical are you afraid of the dark yeah you don't know if it's like a ghost for sure though or like a or a real person yeah um but nathaniel i believe is his name yeah (laughs) who is larry from lizzie mcguire for those uh, keeping track he seemed really familiar i didn't look into he pops up one more time in this season um yeah in uh vampire town yeah yep, yep. <laughs> um but it's a p- pretty simple i mean like things happen when they land on weird spaces on the board yeah that happen outside to the kids friends and then um finally it's like he's trying to win the board game so that he doesn't get stuck in the tree right um, hey, stop it this isn't funny anymore but we're only beginning yeah well too bad i quit you can't quit. You have to finish your game. No, I don't. <sighs> yes, you do. Why? Because the winner gets to leave, and the loser has to stay here forever. That is why it's called the Forever Game. Kind of like they start to knock over the tree, and then lightning from the game strikes the tree. Yeah. And destroys it. Yes. <laughs> It's basically Jumanji. Oh. From within a tree. Yeah, okay. And I the, didn't, <laughs> didn't put that together. And the question is is whether the kids outside the tree were going to catch on. And even their way of dealing with it's a little, eh, you know, figuring out that they could use the lightning. Um, yeah. I I think the board game could have, well. It was a little clunky at times. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go too yeah, yeah. far in there until I... No, well, I mean, Nathaniel, they knock over the tree. Yeah. Nathaniel turns out to be an old man. Yeah. Th- that was a good touch, I thought. You like by that? way? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode on IMDb has a 3.3. 3. Yeah, 3.3. 3. Uh, and a, 3. on TV, 7.8. And um, boy, I mean, that's... Huge difference there. A huge disparity. <laughs> um, oh, I do want to mention, um, you know, so there are different things the game throws at the kids. I did think the Burden Beast... Um, yeah. The creature was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it was, I think the most legit, like scary thing in the episode. Uh, agreed. They probably, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, and I also noted here that Tucker ends the story by smiling and saying, do you remember? No. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Which earned a couple uh, extra points in my book. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you, you, where did you rank this out of 13? What was your overall feeling on a uh, forever game? Um, for me, this landed as my number three. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, I thought it was a great... I thought it was a very good concept. Um, a fast-paced episode. Mm-hmm. Pretty well full of, like, surprise or uh, weird-type things going on. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the guy at the end him turning out to be an old guy that just felt like almost like a parody of are you afraid of the dark <laughs> yeah, <it's> true <laughs> um, like fan fiction yeah, yeah. yeah um i thought the effects from the game were a little left a little to be desired but i figured you know how much of a budget do they have on this they did the tree yeah. and the game and the burden beast it's like yeah you know they stretched it pretty far um, my only real complaint about it is the way it started. Like it just started so quickly, mm. like that they yeah. got lost in the, um, circle. They really build mm. almost, well, they kind of stuffed the character in so fat, like here's the jerk kid, yeah. here's the nice kid, you know? So I guess you do know who the characters are, but you're right. They give yeah. you no time before things start happening. Um, though I'm thinking about it now, I think it was just like. It was probably a problem of trying to stuff so much into the episode. Like, they needed... But they kind of needed three effects from the game, at least. Yeah, to make it feel fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I thought, besides that, I thought they did the entire episode well. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I I ranked this out of 13, number four. So it's in both our top fives. Um, I think it's a solid way to kind of restart the run. Yeah. you know, I, I said that I thought the setting was a bit more fun than the ap- the episode was good. Like, mm. I, I enjoyed the setting of being in the tree and then mm-hmm. the idea of the loop that they can't get out of yeah. um, in the woods. I kind of liked that element a little bit more than I actually liked the storytelling. But, um, you know, for... I think what also helped is when I started watching the season, I thought that they are all going to be terrible. Yeah. And yeah. so starting with this one gave me a little relief. Yeah. As that, that they could be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is a Tucker tale. Yes. So yeah, uh, that's a, that's a plus for him. Yeah. Um, I really like, I, I like these like weird concept episodes, I guess, that I wouldn't have thought of myself that like really have no other precedence outside of this yeah it's like a original are you afraid of the dark thing but it also a lot of these episodes feel um like you can almost pick the two old episodes that they mashed together hmm. to create these episodes well that's a fun game what what would <laughs> uh what would you have said i think in my head the first thing that's that come to mind are watchers woods plus um Something, uh, for some reason I want to say, uh, oh, actually, um, the first episode kind of evokes this. Phantom Cab? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, They're in the woods, yeah. they get lost right away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Both of those episodes, I guess, for me, kind of just evoke something from this one. Okay. I don't know. And they probably, you know, I can imagine them picking um, Pinball Wizard just yeah. as a <laughs> game. Yeah. Mashing a game with outdoors. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, my head definitely went to Jumanji, but I uh, I like the game of trying to figure out a mashup of yeah. what old episodes. Okay. Well, okay, so that's a forever game. What's episode two? Um, episode two is Gruesome Gourmets. And I really think that 
these must have been played like in a row when they first aired. Hmm. Cause I could, I definitely remembered this episode and, um, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about it before. I well, no, that's interesting to me. Cause I, had, I, di- I, I only knew this episode by reputation, yeah. not from seeing it. So that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Um, so according to IMDb in this story told by the midnight society member, Megan, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. Tommy and his little brother David think the new upstairs neighbors have a lot of strange cooking and eating habits that veer towards the cannibal end of the spectrum. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good description of it. Yeah. Uh, that's like most of the episode. They think these guys that move in near them are cannibals and they try to prove it. Yeah. For thought, Mr. Collins, how do we get something that big upstairs without those boys seeing? Indeed, this is a pickle. They've gotten rather suspicious. Well, if they discover our secret, we'll just have to have them for dinner. Agreed. Did you hear that? The Chups just want to have us for dinner. We gotta tell Mom. Yeah, right. Hey, Mom, guess what? Our new neighbors are cannibals. Nobody's gonna believe us without proof. Uh, it feels a little wackier than any Are You Afraid oh, yes. of the Dark prior to it. Definitely. Uh, I think too wacky. <laughs> I think. I mean, uh, the upstairs neighbors, uh, Prim and Collins, I believe are their oh, names. Um, even their performances are just ju- over the top. Yeah. Vaudevillian. Yeah. I mean, they're just, but, the, but also kind of charming enough that you i liked watching it oh man a little bit okay um, right. oh boy you're <laughs> sensing our first <laughs> um you know the uh there's a couple things they build in the cup of pineapple cider is this the way to drug you know when you think about it this is some kind of morbid stuff for are you afraid of the dark of like i drugging knew people? the instant that i caught like what was gonna happen um that this was a bad formula for are you afraid of the dark why because I like I knew the ending instantly because there's no way they were gonna have real cannibals on this show. Hmm. You know, so I don't know about that. There's some. There's an episode. There's an episode or two with a pretty dark ending. There's two episodes that I they have dark endings, but I think cannibalism, cannibalism is over the line a little bit. <laughs> is it because they um, went for it here? They definitely sort of. They definitely lead you to believe that it's very possible. Yeah, I just well, I just instantly thought that it wasn't, and mm-hmm. I was correct. It's proven <laughs> okay, correct. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I just have so many problems with this episode. Hmm. Uh, do you well, yeah. Well, I'll say on IMDb <laughs> this has a two point nine, which is I think of the lowest you've read, and then TV.com has a seven. Um, so where do you rank this in? You're 13. Uh, for me, it's 13. Like, oh, my easily. gosh. Oh, okay. By... <laughs> okay, we're really far off here. Um, <laughs> just awful in every way, pretty much. Like, the story I knew was going to be terrible because of because they couldn't do real cannibals. Um, the ending was terrible. The way they, like, no, no, no. joked about uh, Chuck Meat. Well... Like, yeah, it's a little wacky. Like, they're trying to do like a, it's really um, a bad ending, but it's not really a bad ending. 
You know what I mean? Like they're trying to do the like twist ending, but it's not. A twist. Well, they're they're ending on a joke, which I think is fitting for the tone of the rest of the episode. Uh, you know, it's kind of a wink and nod episode. Kind of. I mean, but it's not a good one, really. Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think every element about this is just not quite good enough. Even even the basic concept of like the only people going up to their apartment that are staying are fat people. Like that's. It's kind oh, of a man. intriguing enough concept. I wanted <laughs> so outside the box for Are You Afraid of the Dark? I wanted that to be interesting. I really did. <laughs> and it but was. <laughs> all the people just are way too wacky acting and not like they don't have like a gimmick like um like the mom in Full Moon. Mm-hmm. It's just wacky for wacky's sake. Like with no like specific wackiness. You know what I mean? I think Prim and Collins are you know, they, I think they they're just wacky again, but it's just wackiness. Like there's no, there's nothing behind it that makes it, there, there's no like story behind it. Hmm. You know what I mean, they just act over the top. Um, also the <laughs> pineapple, uh, what is it? Cider. Pineapple cider. Yeah. Just the worst, um, story element. Like I thought, I like the idea, the sound of it, pineapple cider, but that's it. Beyond that. It had nothing to do with the story or them being cannibals. It sure did. In what way? It's the thing that they always kind of greet their guests with. Yeah. And in the mind of a child who thinks the person's a killer, this is the this is the cocktail in which you drug your victim. Okay. I just... There was no, like, <clears throat> connection to what was going on. Oh, boy. It was... <laughs> like, they never brought it back around in the end. In any, like, sensical way. Like, they even brought it up in the end. Andrew Pineapple Cider, and there's no punchline. Well, isn't it, uh, you know, there's another episode in the season that I think has the same thing, but, like, judging a book by its cover. I think it's kind of an interesting moral that Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, you know, doesn't kind of just play into that, uh, that this whole time it was just a misunderstanding. It was just so obvious. Um, also like the funny, the best part about this episode was the clothes being used as like, uh, table cloth, which even that in the end, it was like, what about the people's clothes that you were using? And it turns out the lady was making them, um, like napkins that looked like real clothes. It's just but that was her. That was that was a favor she was doing for them in exchange for this delicious food. There, uh, yeah, I get it. I just thought it was a just not a good another bad punchline, basically. Well, this one is my um. I, out of thirteen, I rank this fifth. Oh my god, <laughs> top five <laughs> easily. Uh, I just say. <laughs> It just, I I guess I really appreciated that they were going for something more than anything else. I mean, there are, are there more technically scary and I guess surprise filled episodes in the season? Yes. But none of them feel like they're chancing anything. And I felt watching this episode, I, I didn't necessarily know exactly where it was going, though I suspected. Uh, and I enjoyed the journey. I, I, I like the two kids snooping around the apartment. You know, that has a tense feel. The dream sequence I thought was very well done. This, uh, as you're saying it, it's like just confirming to me that it's good <laughs> on paper, but just like was executed 
awfully. It also moved just glacially. No, 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 no. The first ten minutes where those people are going up into the apartment, I was always on the... That was the worst. I was on the edge of my seat. First of all, I didn't even know that who that woman was until the second watch through that it was their mother she's just like she just shows up there's no introduction to her i don't know who this guy is that she's with i think they're trusting you as the audience to you know put these (laughs) things together i thought there were just other people that lived in the house like they're showing a high appreciation for their audience here and i like that 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 this episode does not talk down to me (laughs) it was just the worst the kids were the worst every scene that um was set up with the kids like doing something else mm-hmm. was just awful. Like they were fixing it didn't make the you bike. Nervous when they were in the apartment. Um. <laughs> no, and in, in fact, I hated when they were looking at the um, meat in the cupboard. Like I get it. It logically that makes sense. Like to progress the story, like the way all the meats had like a human type name in it. Um, but. I don't believe that kids watching this, like, have not heard of one of these things to put together, like, what's happening here. It was just too obvious. Okay. The only good thing about this episode was the dream, but even that, it was just... Well, I almost regret now that we're not doing an episode review on this one, because this is maybe the farthest apart we've ever been on an episode. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy to me. (laughs) It's, I can't imagine what your 13 is. Now. And I can't imagine that my 13 is not everyone on Earth's 13 for this season. That's how I felt about this episode. <laughs> well, listen, I definitely know that people um, dislike gruesome gourmets, and that was kind of the MO going into like when I watched it. And maybe that played a part that I didn't think it was quite as bad as I had uh, heard previously. I, I think maybe, maybe I'm just imagining this, but I feel like I watched these two episodes in a row and was so turned off by this one that I just gave up. I was like, this is... See, I prefer the tone of this one. It's... I like a funny tone, but I think they (laughs) fail to deliver on it. Okay. Uh, I I hope some people, some of our listeners chime in on Gruesome Gourmets. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I have, I have an inkling that people are going to be on your side, but... uh, I think even if you listen to, like, the sound effects, they're just always off. Like, it's always what? a terrible sound. Are you sure it wasn't the video you were watching? N- no, I'm sure. The the, the voices were on. You know. <laughs> all um, right. Boy. Well, uh, all right. Real, we'll, we'll have to. So get, that was, for well, me, Brett, Brett, well, I can't wait to ask Brett. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, this was just like a terrible second episode to go into. Yeah, I think you're wrong on this I one. I was like, wow, Forever Game is pretty good. And then I could barely get through this. You're wrong on this one. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I just don't think so. Brett will decide. Um, okay, so what is episode three of season six? Uh, episode three is Zombie Dice. Yeah. Um, it's about, oh, according to IMDb, it's <laughs> a man working in an arcade has been shrinking kids and selling them as tiny pets. Oh boy, they really just get... <laughs> Why even bother watching this? <laughs> And now a teen is gambling for his life. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the teen is Alex J. Baruchel. Yep. Love In him. his first appearance this season. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's great. We both love him from Undeclared, yeah. and uh, what else is he? Um, this is the end. He's yeah, a very funny yeah. man. Uh, yeah, just kind of a, a man-seeking man woman. Oh, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a cool show. Um, he appears in Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think, three times? Four, maybe? 
at least three. I think four. No, no, four. Because he's in the seventh season yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, definitely four. Um, and Mr. Click is the arcade, or as they use in the episode, the Emporium yeah. owner. Uh, boy, I can't believe that I need <laughs> <the> description. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Read it one more time so we don't have to go over the episode again. <laughs> a man working in an arcade has been shrinking kids and selling them as tiny pets. And now a teen is gambling for his life. Yeah. Um, but but really this starts out with, like, Jay is, uh, or Alex is, like, a very cautious kid. And yeah. he has this friend that's, like, kind of a jerk and... He's always betting on it. Well, he's not a jerk, I guess. But he's always betting on things and thinks that Alex is stupid for not taking any risks. Yeah, he doesn't take any chances. Yeah. Takes pretty cool. Why does he let you hang out him? What's that supposed to mean? Sodas are on me, young buds. Hey, you want to play, Alex? <laughs> Why? So I can lose? Gee, thanks, but no. Alex doesn't like games. He doesn't take chances. He's what you'd call a wimp. Hey, nobody <laughs> asked you. So... The uh, this guy corners them into making these bets against him, rolling these dice, these zombie dice, mm. um, in a terrible kind of uh, like I would not take this bet. Oh no! I mean, you you have to know it's set up against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Click knows what he's doing here. <laughs> um, and the big thing is that Mr. Click needs thumbprints. Yeah. Well, um, right? Is that a big thing? That he definitely needs thumbprints, um, but... <laughs> it's required for them, him to do whatever he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, they lose the first bet. And Alex kind of... Uh, the jerk kid. Yeah, or the his, jer- his betting kid friend. Right. His friend, his friend loses the bet. He's turned into a pet. And uh, Alex puts everything on the line. Yeah. Not only himself, him. his brother. Yeah. And uh, he does so through wordplay. Yeah. Did you like that? I did like this. Okay. Little twist. What is it again? He says, um... He... If the Mr... What's his name? Click. Mr. Click. Mr. Click has to drink one small soda in the amount of time that Alex drinks two, like, gigantic sodas. Yes. But he can't... The Mr. Click can't start until Alex puts his first... Till he touches his cup. Alex drinks his whole first one and puts it down. Right. So... Should we give away the trick? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. So the trick <laughs> is, after he drinks his first one, before he puts it down, he puts it on top of Mr. Click's glass so that he can't touch the glass. Yeah. Um, so he can't get to his drink before Alex has time to right. slowly drink the second one. Right. Um, I liked that. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was kind clever. of clever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Mr. Click tries to get away and gets caught by his minion. Yeah. This this I thought I I said this ending's a little bit of a mess. Um, uh, you know his minion kind of turning against him for no. Well, real he's good been reason. a jerk to him the whole episode. You, but this he, this is what sends him over the top to stop him. He's got a uh, twisted sense of uh, morality. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the setting? So this is mostly set in like a very dark arcade. arcade. Yeah, on, like it seems like a yeah. Basement. I love the setting. Okay, me too. Uh, and it it's kind of reminiscent to me of um, the thirteenth floor, just yeah. the way things look a little bit. Yeah, kinda. And I really like Mr. Click. Yeah, I, he's the actor great. the actor who played him. I, I you know I thought he did a pretty good job of portraying a madman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had these kind of weird tics and uh, facial 
movements. Yeah. Uh, I liked him a lot. We also should mention this. This is a Vange story. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and I did note here that this is the official episode in which the Midnight Society gets sofas and chairs for the yeah. campfire. <laughs> what do you think we'll about hear about that. What is this? She wouldn't stop complaining until we helped her move the stuff. Who? Vange? No, me. A sofa? Yeah, I know they're disgusting, but I do not sit on logs. Where did you get it? The dump's not far from here. Far enough. I know it's not traditional, but I'm way more comfortable. Hope you don't mind. Why should I mind? <sighs> this is great. Uh, yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, I like this, but for my money, <laughs> if I was writing this, I would have had them be pulling on and off a cover for it. Because mm. that cannot last out there more than a few days before it gets You wouldn't ruined. think so. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. Like um. when they... Well... Maybe we'll talk about it again, but when they um, eventually sit on the couch again at the end of the episode, at the end of the season, and it's all dusty. Oh yeah, it's like it'd be wet too. That'd be the real problem. Why is it dusty at all? Now that I think about it, just because it's been sitting out there for a while, but it's in you know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Okay, so uh, (laughs) zombie dice. By the way, what do you this title? I don't know about this title. Uh, yeah, the title's not great though. I like, it does evoke something in me. I'm like, okay, zombies, are you afraid of the dark? It's unique, yeah. but I don't think of zombies when I think of this episode. I mean, no. there are zombies on the dice. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, no, but it is almost like, I guess it works for me only in that each word evokes something I like mm-hmm. in when I'm approaching Are You Afraid of the Dark, I guess. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking zombies, monsters, and dice games. Okay. Like... But not a particularly scary episode, I don't think. Uh, no. I mean, a little. Scarier than Gruesome Gourmets? Definitely scarier <laughs> than Gruesome Gourmets. <laughs> I mean, okay. Do you have the... Oh, yeah, of course. You must have this ranked above Gruesome Gourmets. Wow. <laughs> yep, it's guaranteed. It's unbelievable. It's guaranteed. <laughs> um, don't tell me this is your worst. No. Oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, okay, so let's talk. Well, this has a 7.9 on IMDb, a 6.6 on TV.com, so uh, a much higher rating than those other yeah. episodes. Um, where did you rank Zombie Dice out of 13? <laughs> For me, it's number two. What? <laughs> oh, <Yep>. my God. <laughs> um, I like pretty much everything about this episode. The pacing's good. The characters are great. I love Jerry Barishal. Uh, yeah, yeah. The bad guy's such a creep that... I kind of love to hate him. Yeah, I really um, like to click. I don't love the game itself, Yeah, but it is a game, which mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. Um, the dice look cool, um, and I really like the having kids as pets and that one, and the moment where he like <laughs> looks at it, looks at the kid inside the cage. <laughs> you just see his giant head, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, to me, just like had all the trappings of a classic like ridiculous twilight zone episode okay um just like the just the elements of it um just hit that like sweet spot of like this is so insane that i really like it okay so we're what <laughs> i just thought this was kind of a middling episode uh, you Man. know a, uh, i mean there's a lot of middling episodes in this season a totally but totally mediocre episode um i had this ranked seven out of 13 just right in the middle there um I didn't dislike oh, seven. it. Seven. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. 
Um, it just this was an episode that I had definitely seen prior to rewatching. I remembered it in my head, um, but I I didn't feel like the stakes were that. I don't. I I didn't buy into the concept. I guess so. I just never got. I don't know. I, it hmm. just wasn't really up my alley. I mean, it, I I liked Click a lot, and I loved Jay Baruchel, but that's kind of it. I like I like the setting in the basement, but um, it the was, effects. Um. Yeah. I guess. Effects were cool. <laughs> I liked the uh, Lurch guy. You know, he was fine. Yeah. Um. It just it was like just a fun one to me and really well executed. Hmm. Um. You know. Yeah. It like especially right after Gruesome Gourmets, I'm just like, it's just so much more interesting. There's so much more going on. Gruesome Gourmets is like one note. <laughs> it's a great note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's an interesting thought. I mean, you know, cannibals versus uh, human pets. I, I like the idea of cannibals. I think that I may have even read the description for Gruesome Gourmets before watching it. So in my head, it was like cannibals this is gonna be great and then instantly i was like oh no this isn't gonna be good but that's kind of your fault because are you afraid of the dark it's you know they're not gonna that's why i thought like they're that's the risk that i wanted them to take (laughs) with this okay this is the least risky episode boy i think our lists are really gonna diverge (laughs) forever game seemed uh about (laughs) maybe as close as we're gonna get um okay yeah i mean I, I'm not sure we totally disagree on Zombie Dice. I, it didn't bother me at all. Like, I, it's a fine watch. It's just not one that I would be eager to get back to. Man, it's like one of the first ones that I would rewatch. I wow. Think. For sure. Well, obviously, yeah, number yeah, two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, what's what's uh, episode four of season six? Um, episode four is Misfortune Cookie. Tired of his boring life and slaving away at his parents' failing Chinese restaurant, David is given his grandfather's box of magic fortune cookies that send the boy into an alternate reality where he's a rich and famous comic book artist, but is also a stranger to his parents, whose restaurant is now a town hit and his a, his restaurant is now a town hit, and his sister, who is now an abusive punk girl living with her petty thug boyfriend and on the run from a Chinese warrior dressed in black. Ugh. Um, that was all one sentence. <laughs> That's a very long IMDb uh, yeah, summary. It really is. <laughs> um, and I disagree with part of it. I don't think his parents' Chinese restaurant is failing. I mean, it's, no, it's not in, really. it's, you know, a little trouble. But It reminds me of every Chinese restaurant I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, there's some people in there. Yeah. Uh, this is Andy's story. Um, and, you know, they, they start the events at the campfire by cracking open some fortune cookies. Yeah, I liked that, though I didn't like how it played out, really. You mean the Midnight Society segment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a little lackluster. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got this kid who wants to be a comic book artist, working at a Chinese restaurant, opens up Forbidden. His you know, Well, he's kind of a jerk, too, about yeah. it. Like he, Well, he's just uh, not happy with his situation in life. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, what are some other details? So, like, when he, his grandpa gives him these uh, fortune cookies, he does what he's not supposed to do by opening it. Yeah. And his reality is flipped. Yeah. Everything turns, like, um, the opposite of what it was. Yeah. My story's about fortune cookies. Nobody really believes them. I mean, you forget about them a second after you read them. But 
What if the fortune you get in those cookies turned out to be true? And what if the fortune you got was a bad one? That means your fortune cookie would really be a misfortune cookie. Um, what do you What do you make of this episode? I uh, it's a classic like part. Be careful what you wish for. Part be grateful for what you have. Um, so in that sense, I just I felt like it was kind of a predictable one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like elements of it. Um, I like the fortune cookies as an item, um, but I kind of wished, I don't know, I kind of wished they had been utilized, like, a different way in the story, I guess. Yeah. Um, a little. Like, a little less predictable, just a little, like, you knew, again, this is kind of another one of those ones where you, like, not that these are... Not that all the episodes aren't, like, predictable to some degree, but this is another one where I felt like I know this is wh- where this is going, um, like, right as it gets going. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode's awful. Before we get into <laughs> our rankings. So, you know, it just feels... It felt like it took a particularly long time to get to yes. where it was going. I, I noted it was minute 12 before yeah. reality even changes. Yeah. That was a big problem. Um, the whole episode really does move slowly. Like, yeah. both segments of it. Both yeah. halves of it. Yes. Um, it's just, like, it's, like, one... There's, like, one thing happening in each half, and it takes the entire time <laughs> to get there. Yes. And the entire episode hinges on the fact that Grandpa gives him a box, and he drops it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Um, uh, and, he, and Grandpa's trying to teach him a lesson, kind of. Seemingly. I guess. Um, but, like... I don't know, to get to that point, if this was not a story, if this was real life, to get to the point of opening the fortune cookie, I think, should have been taken a little different path. Yeah. You know, like, maybe he should have opened it and just been like, wow, they're crazy, I just want to open it. Like, he didn't need to drop them. Oh, I see, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Um, And then there's just the terrible twist that this uh, warrior in black who's chasing him is... It's him. It's him, all it's, right. I mean, I, <laughs> his own worst enemy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, again, it's like another one of those things that I think looks good on paper, or better on paper than it turns out, maybe. Mm. Um, you know, he. I get it. He, like, stands up against himself and, uh, you know, learns to appreciate what he's got. Oh, it's one of the corniest Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah. endings, I feel like, in its history. It's really, like, uh, after-school special sappy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hated it. I, uh, let, me, <laughs> let me just, let me just yeah, start yeah. by saying it's my least favorite wow. of the season. It's number 13 for me. <laughs> uh, there's really okay. nothing about the episode I'd ever want to go back and watch. I thought the story was a snooze. <laughs> I thought the acting was pretty atrocious. Uh... The, there were so many like it's one of those cases where there's just too many elements like you know he drops the box and then there's this eclipse and i guess we're just supposed to kind of make sense that you know the eclipse means things are changing and i actually kind of uh, liked the eclipse oh boy uh just <laughs> the use of it you know that was good i liked the use of all the elements i just didn't like how it played out it was a slop fest 
Well, <laughs> what, did, what did you think of it? For me, it was number nine. Oh my uh, god! Out of thirteen, you thought you thought four episodes were worth worse than this one? Um, yeah. I just going back, like I f- I went back after I watched it and flipped through it, yeah. like as I was looking for quotes and stuff, and um, I just suddenly it felt better like that. And I know that's not how it's supposed to be watched. It yeah. just like it made me appreciate each of the elements more. Huh. Suddenly I was like, okay, all these elements actually work together. It's just the way they were executed in each part was just slow and Oh, it's labor poor. <laughs> yeah. So I gave it some points just for like some suddenly I noticed like the competency of it, I guess, you know. Okay. I mean, there's other the one that's uh right below that for me is like um, very close. It's just more ridiculous. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not that we're so far apart. I mean, it's in our bottom. It's in both yeah. of our bottom fives. Um, but uh, you know, what surprised me is on IMDb, this has an eight point one. Yeah, crazy. And, I, I... <laughs> and TV.com a six point nine. Yeah. yeah, I was very thrown off by that when yeah. I saw that. I, like, Jeez. I can't really make heads or tails of this season six ratings. It just seems. So yeah, they're crazy. Far apart. It's either the greatest episode ever or the worst. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's yeah. no in between. And there really isn't, to me, an episode that should be in the twos on IMDb and then yeah. anything close to an. I mean, this should definitely not be close to a no, nine. No, but, um, And there's actually a lot of votes on them. I mean, yes. a lot, like 450 or something. Yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark seems to have more votes than a lot of the shows we yeah. do. Um, I thought maybe at first it was like three people voted, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like skewing the numbers, but. <laughs> Well, I, I think this was kind of a misfire, but definitely. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, uh, episode five of season six. Uh, episode five is Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Wiley doesn't have as much luck trying out for the school hockey team as Zach does. Then he runs into a mysterious figure in the locker room basement who says that Wiley reminds him of a player who didn't start off well either, but soon improved amazingly when he got a certain hockey stick. Jake the Snake Desmond. He tells Wiley where to find the stick, which still has the title Snake on it. Wiley does do excellently with it. He makes it into the last opening on the team instead of Zack, but doesn't act like he cares about his friend. Zack soon notices that. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) You remind me of a guy that used to play here. Really? Did he stink too? Yes, he did. At first... But he went on to be one of the greatest to ever play the game. Who was he? Desmond. Jake Desmond. They called him Jake the Snake because he could snake through any defense. How'd he get so good? He got himself a new stick. It gave him a whole new attitude. Um, well, I guess I should just say right now that, um, so I picked an episode that I wanted to review for next week from season six, and you're going to pick an episode from season seven you want to talk about. I'm just going to say right now that this is the episode I picked I uh, think that we'll be talking about next week. I think it's a, per- it's a perfect pick to talk about. <laughs> it's like the most insane episode of the season. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, my, my difference in how I would score it 
on Krebstar is one of, is kind of 15-esque in where I understand technically that this yeah, is a yeah. poor episode, but in my heart, I'm fascinated by it and semi-love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's about a kid who wants to be good at hockey. Yeah. And he takes a curse stick and pays the price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, what did, you know, I um, guess we don't have to totally pick it apart since we're going to yeah, talk about it next yeah. week. But uh, it's a Tucker tale. Yeah. Another Tucker. Um, this is why I'm amazed that um, Tucker is not your top. The top storyteller? Yep. He's, I'm just, nope. I just can't believe it looking <laughs> at this. Um, he, I mean, he's second for me. Okay. If, if, if we're talking about it. But, um. What did you make of Jake the Snake? Um, I gave this... I This was my number four pick. Okay. Um, I really... I thought I was going to hate this episode going in. And even as the concept was playing out, like I started to think, eh, hockey, like whatever. Uh, but as soon as he started talking to... Uh, what a Jake the Jake, Snake Desmond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for using the full name. <laughs> it just really took off. I was yeah. like, man, this is... It just like ramped up until <laughs> the end was uh, a ridiculous ending too. Um, but I liked so much about this. Like, it is typical... Like, this is one that's like sounds typical on paper, but then they somehow like nailed it. Yeah. Like every... Every... um element of it they kind of like took to an extreme um the dialogue's great in this one so good uh <laughs> i mean so freaking funny it's i was giggling throughout it and eventually i asterisk the i put some asterisks by it and said we have to talk about this episode there there's a part where wiley's skin is falling off and his friend comes in and is like you know what's going on and wiley's just like it's not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, I l- I literally left. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the same formula as um, the Maximalists uh, versus episode. Um, oh, um, vacant lot versus uh, dark dragon. Yes, yes, yes. Same formula the as those. Curse but... transforming, <laughs> but more extreme, more ridiculous, and um, uh, the built-in like hockey. The Canadian element of hockey. Yes, yeah, yeah. feels. Just right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I mean, it's plausible, this kid, like, in the sense that this kid uh, wants to make the team so bad he's willing to do anything. Yeah. So, like, that's the kind of idea. But um, the the fact that Jake the Snake is real. Yeah. That it's not just the hockey stick, but right. it's also <laughs> this ridiculous snake human yeah i don't want to get too much yeah, into yeah, it yeah. i want to save some for okay. next week i will say so you ranked it four and it might be a little surprising to you i ranked this eight out of 13 wow. um just again it was my struggle between i didn't think this was actually a very technically good episode yeah. but i was enamored with it i didn't know what to make of it I, yeah i did i'll say i may i tried to um on these episodes like really Consider the original series, uh, its technical merits, and like just how much I enjoyed it in general. So all of those kind of played into it. Do you it. think Jake the Snake could have worked on the original run? Uh, yeah. But it would I have been terrible. So. On it would be run. like similar to... Um, Leprechaun? Leprechaun? Oh, I was thinking um, that one where there... I can never remember the name of this one, where there's like the Egyptian god... In the basement. 
cursed uh <laughs> yeah cursed stone guardian's curse it feels like yeah yeah guardian's curse it feels like that but just like done better oh yeah you know if they had done that episode like this that would be a great episode yeah oh this episode has an energy yeah yeah <laughs> okay we'll talk definitely more about it next week um it's maybe the weirdest episode i think we've picked for an episode review because not in a million years would i thought we'd talk about jake yeah. the snake but i um i look forward to talking about <laughs> yeah, it yeah. uh it has an 8.9 on well yeah it has an 8.9 on imdb <laughs> uh 6.7 on tv.com that seems outrageous <laughs> <laughs> almost a nine <laughs> i love it all right uh we'll uh We'll talk more about it uh, yeah. next week. What what is uh season six sixth episode? Uh, the next episode is virtual pets. Mm-hmm. When all the kids at school get virtual pets, it changes them in a very scary way. <laughs> Luckily, Kate doesn't like these high tech toys. In an electronic showdown, she'll have to battle all her all her best friends in a struggle to the death, save her life and theirs. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> Kind of. Uh, this is told by Vange. Yeah. And uh, the Midnight Society segment here, Megan's mom keeps paging her, yeah. uh, calls her on her cell phone. Vange has had it. Uh, and Vange and Quinn take Megan's beeper. Yeah. Everybody's always using cell phones, laptop computers, electronic notebooks. And it's not just grown-ups either. Kids have pagers, calculators, and games. She'll call you back. We can't live without them. You're so 11. Well, I don't use anything like that. Oh, yeah? What about the alarm on that big old watch of yours? Well, sure, every morning. Duh, that a computer chip is telling you when to wake up. Isn't that weird? If we need computers so bad, and they're getting smarter all the time, does that mean people are getting dumber? My story's about a bunch of kids who use computers. They think they're all pretty smart, but what they don't know is that their computers are really using them. It's a real, like, okay boomer type of thing of, like, uh, I've had it with these <laughs> millennials. <laughs> this is a weird one because uh, it must have taken place, like, at the tail end of beepers, and she was, I guess, rich, so she had a cell phone early on. Yes. Is the idea? Yes. And this must have been the tail end of Tamagotchis, right? Oh, yeah. Because this is yeah. kind of a take on Tamagotchi. <laughs> so it seems like even that fad would have been coming to a close. A yeah, bit. this felt really late for Tamagotchi. Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah, very late. Over five years late, I yes, think. Yes, you missed uh, the boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I get it. It This whole episode kind of feels like the person who wrote it was just not connected to technology or like, well, a little bit, but we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> basically though, like this kid at the beginning of the episode gets this new computer game or program, yeah. uh, a virtual pet called digger. Mm. And he gets sucked <laughs> his, his uh, brain, I guess gets sucked out of him and replaced by a computer brain. Yeah. Um, the, the diggers say, feed me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts spreading this thing to all of his friends at school through these Tamagotchi like devices. Yes. Um, so they slowly start to get taken over by the computer, except for this one girl who just doesn't, she's not into technology. Yeah, she's and, old school. Uh, <laughs> 
it's up to her to save everyone. Yeah, that's Kate, uh, who's just not into it. Yeah. You're going to have to get out of the desktop into the operating system. You might as well be talking Greek. Click on the lower left icon, then on the open door that says operating system. Ooh, it worked, I think. Okay, type directory, then enter. Upload in two and a half minutes. Shut up! Kate, type faster! I can't, I haven't taken typing yet. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned that one of my favorite moments in the episode is when they're trying to convince Kate to play one, and she just keeps saying no. And they <laughs> angrily snapping and say, It's a lot of fun! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, why do the diggers, so once it is, it appears, there's a physical element that you can like see their faces are kind of drained, yeah. which I liked. Yeah, yeah, But sure. why does the digger so visibly tattoo them on their neck? <laughs> yeah, that was, a- <laughs> why is there a tattoo at all? That was a nonsense <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, I can only imagine they're like, well, there's got to be a way for her to know who's taken over. Yeah. It's like. That could be by them looking like zombies. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I feel like maybe it was like, well, they can't be zombie looking enough t- so that everybody realizes what's going on. Yeah. And then those elements just. Yeah. Like, they solved it in a very clunky way. <laughs> <laughs> they did kind of need the tattoo to solve it. Yeah. For her to solve yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like that the diggers were aliens? I mean, um, feeding on human oh, they were? brains. Yeah, I think they were described as aliens. I didn't get that at all. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes more sense of the element of their uh, brains getting sucked out through the computer. Because I was thinking the whole time, like, you know, this is <laughs> your leap. Like, this is another. It's like a technology episode, but there's this element of some other like supernatural thing going on yeah I, so that was weird to me yeah i could be reading it wrong i, I thought they were like, there was a specific moment i thought so but i i could be <laughs> I, I could be delusional <laughs> I, I mean it doesn't matter it like makes no difference to the story i guess uh, I think it's more interesting. Except it makes slight more sense. Slightly more sense. Yeah, I think it's more interesting if these things don't know humans and are trying to harvest kind yeah, of yeah. their capacity. <laughs> but that could be a very generous reading <laughs> of the episode. This is uh, uh, this episode and Gruesome Gourmets were kind of the two episodes that per- had a reputation preceding uh, it before uh. me going in. And, uh, I mean, I thought this was not a very good episode. But... Um, it has a 2.9 on IMDb, uh, a 7 on TV.com. Oh, what did you make of uh, Virtual um, For me, this ranked number 10. Uh, so toward the bottom of the list, but not the worst of the season. Um, I think it was ki- it was just kind of a mess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like with all of the elements that were going on. Yeah. It's like, why do we... It just felt kind of bloated. Yeah. Um, and this... It also felt like there wasn't really much story to it, um, aside from Kate having to save her friends. Like, that's the story. I mean, it happens, like, very quickly. Like, there, it just doesn't feel like there's that much going on in the episode. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, story plot-wise. Yeah. And I also, uh, I think maybe a problem I, that just occurred to me is that I don't really like her friends. Or they, they never give them time to be... Yeah. 
you appealing don't, to you. Yeah, yeah. You don't care about them. Yeah, I don't care about them. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I rank this 10. Oh, uh, nice. So we're nice. right in line on virtual yeah. pets. This, I, it, The problem isn't so much that it's a bad episode, though it kind of is, uh, but that it's it feels kind of worn out, and like yeah. we mentioned, too late. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, not timely enough. Yeah. Um, I do give it credit for being so ridiculous that, like, each of the elements is so, like, doesn't fit together right that yeah. that almost works for me on, like, a bat so terrible that it's good yeah. level. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, really hilariously bad at times. Like, um, when she's on the computer and they're, like, trying to figure out a way to destroy the digger, they're, like, trying this stuff that's, like, half something real and half nothing but yeah. they present it as if you're supposed to be like learning along with the <laughs> episode but they're teaching you something completely made up it's like right like here's coding but it's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> press control delete and i'm like and they even do like a close-up on the keyboard like oh control delete like this isn't teaching you anything this is just i, I don't know oh it's bad all right um yeah, it just, I mean, it feels, I, I guess if we're doing our, um, what, two episodes, it felt a little bit like uh, Renegade Virus meets Unexpected Visitors. Yeah. Of just, like, using computers to kind of solve the problem, but also technology is the problem. This one feels um, kind of almost like the camera one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, an element of it. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, not an episode I would generally want to revisit. It has kind of a... Well, you described it as a mess. It does have a messy feel, a clunky feel. It feels like it was all mashed together somehow. Yeah. Like they just <laughs> were in the room and like just forced everything to work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's keep moving. Uh, episode seven. Uh, yeah. Episode seven is The Hunted. A girl living in rural Canada is pressured by her dad and friends to go wolf hunting with them. But a mysterious wolf called the Blaze <laughs> is about to show her the cruelty of hunting through an animal's eyes. Um, I'm not even sure that's quite accurate about <laughs> what happened. Accurate. But, yeah. uh, the Blaze was the thing that gave her the ability to go into a wolf? No, the Blaze is the legendary wolf that everybody's okay. trying to hunt. Uh, yeah, but turns out there wasn't one. Is that right? Or it's her. But, it, you know... <laughs> well, she becomes the Blaze. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think... So, I mean, maybe humans throughout the ages have been the Blaze. <laughs> yeah. But, I, okay. okay. Well, <laughs> a Andy Andy tells this tale. Uh, Andy vents about a family outing where he hit a bird. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, where he hit a bird and the bird died. And um, just as I did there, a little bit, Quinn mocks Andy <laughs> for being so distraught about it. Well, he's um, really mocking him before he finds out he kills the bird. That's true. He thinks it's just getting the birdie caught in the tree. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's right. Bad he's joke. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, this is a, certainly a tale that's kind of an anti-hunting yeah. moral. Yeah. Very, yeah, very moral tale. Um, the In the story, the main girl um, is going hunting with her parents, and, or her father, and she meets up with this friend that doesn't think hunting's right and so she's very conflicted 
And then she, she finds a necklace. Yeah, the girl that doesn't like hunting gives her this necklace yeah. that she got from like an Indian or something. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> and when she puts the necklace on, she turns into the blaze, I guess. Yeah. And wanders the woods, and finally she ends up teaching like her father <laughs> that hunting's not right. You know as well as I do, there's a single case of a wolf attacking a person. You guys just like to shoot defenseless animals. We don't always shoot them. Sometimes we trap the wolves. That's humane. Oh, really? You know about trapping? An animal can be caught in a trap for weeks, starving and frightened, before someone finally finds them. Then the big brave trapper uses a club to beat them to death. Call that humane? It's quick and painless. You wouldn't think that if it were happening to you. But they're animals. And so are we. I mean, there is a lot of legitimate dialogue in this episode about hunting. I, I was kind of surprised how uh, political it was for an Are You Afraid of the yeah. Dark. It definitely takes an anti-hunting stance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely does that. Um, I mean, it, at times it borders on PSA yeah. more than an Are You Afraid of the yes. Dark episode. Uh, my biggest problem with this was, like, the message was just kind of muddled. To me, I was like, what is the message? It's anti-hunting, but it's like, at one point, um, her, I don't know if it's a brother or... I think so. I think so. Her brother um, is talking about why hunting's, like, good to the girl that doesn't like hunting. Yeah. And he, at one point, it's like, well, it's not about food. It's about killing these monsters. (laughs) And I was like, uh, like, that, I mean, they're really painting the hunter in a bad light, but, like, I don't think that's a accurate uh portrayal of why people hunt and you know. yeah i think the other problem here is that while i think the moral is maybe fine that once she becomes the blaze um it's less about her not wanting them to hunt wolves and yeah. her not wanting to die you yeah know, you know what i mean it's, it's a little muddled it's i guess it's supposed to be like she in the end transforms in front of her family (laughs) from the wolf into a human yeah and um i think it's supposed to be like these these animals are closer to human than you know we thought or something yeah uh but it's a little oh feels very dumb yeah (laughs) um Uh, also it doesn't like i think a more effective way to do this would have been to have the main character be all about hunting and then learn through becoming the animal some empathy for the animal you know right like that would have made sense how did like why did she turn into the wolf like she doesn't need the lesson in this one the family needs the lesson although i think they get it though again the message is muddled because is the message that you should try to befriend a wild wolf uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a problem, too. <laughs> because it's like, they are wild wolves. You definitely yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, there, there's a real stupidity in that message. Yeah, and uh, the image of just, like, the girl hugging the right. wolf at no. the end. It's like, don't do that. This is not, yeah, yeah, that's not smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't touch wild wolves. Um, yeah, I mean, I was conflicted because, like, in my heart, I feel kind of like, you know, F hunting. I- but at the same time, um, you know, I don't think it actually gets at what it thinks it's getting at. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's certainly not fun to watch. 
Yeah. I just... <laughs> no, it's definitely not fun to watch. Uh, I just think if there's, like... You know, if you're gonna go for a message like this, you've gotta make it pretty clear. Yeah. And it just was... Did not succeed. Um, so for me, uh, this was number 12 on my list. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I yep. I gave it more credit actually the first time around mm. uh, as like the first time I was considering these, um, and like I could see how part of the episode like works and how it could work for like a young girl who's like into animals or yes. whatever. Yes. But then it just veers off. Yes. Just, I don't know. Boy, I had the same experience when I when it started. I went, you know what? Like, I probably should give this a little more credit. And the longer it went on. <laughs> the more it sank down the list yeah it really i just don't want to watch it again yeah um no yeah definitely one of the last ones i'd watch rewatch yeah uh it had an, a 2.9 on imdb which is about right yeah and then tv.com a 7.3 but again i i've really come to learn that tv.com just means nothing yeah uh, i don't know why i keep referencing <laughs> um all right very bad uh yeah. episode eight episode eight is the wisdom glass Friends Alan and Jimmy are in for a cyber shock after they steal a computer game called The Wisdom Glass and find themselves transported to a strange game world where they end up on trial for the theft of the game. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange episode. Um, yeah. this, to- this story is told by Quinn. Uh, Quinn's mad at Andy for outing him uh, for writing a uh, for faking a note to his mom, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Andy uh, hides behind the couch for the story. So they think Andy doesn't show up because yeah. he's so embarrassed. Um, I know, like to, that. Or he's afraid that Quinn's going to beat him up or something. Oh, yeah. To quote Quinn, I'm going to pound that weezer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Quinn tells this. Uh, this is a strange ep- I mean, very strange yes, episode. Yes. Very strange. It, uh, a lot of familiar kid elements. Like one kid... I mean, um, the one kid is rich. Yes. The one kid is poor. Yes. And the rich kid ends up um, accidentally stealing this game from the store uh, when he's sticking up for the poor kid, which was like a good, (laughs) it was a good intro. Like, it doesn't make sense with what happens later in the episode. Um, Like, the rich kid sticks up for him nicely, wants to be his friend. And then later on, sells him down the river. Oh, yeah, ditches him. <laughs> um, so they take this game home. Turns out they get, like, an invite to this weird real-world um, meetup of this game. And it's really weird. It's, like, almost like a circus inside. And um, the people inside the game, I guess, um, the game characters, figure out that they stole the game. So they put them on trial. Yeah. Um, against the wisdom glass yeah it's a really strange concept of entering this world that is the wisdom glass while also being a trial yeah bring forth the wisdom glass the oracle of ultimate truth the wisdom My father's a lawyer. I demand you call him right now. The Wisdom Glass says, request 
Denied. I said the setting almost looked like um, Eyes Wide Shut meets uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Twilight Zone episode, The Masks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which I liked. I liked the design of the look of yeah, um, I liked that, too. It was too. almost uh, Dolly-esque. I don't know. And like, weird, like creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unsettling for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, the, uh, the moral of the tale is, I guess, stealing will get you killed <laughs> don't know don't steal yeah it the morals well in the end it's like the rich kid tells them that or convinces the other kid to tell them that he stole the game actually yes. and yes. they threaten to kill him yes um and then the rich kid finally decides to come back and come clean and they want to kill him too now instead um and so they run away and they finally don't get away. Yeah, it's one of the in dark... perhaps the best part of this episode. <laughs> it's one of the darkest endings I yeah. think in any Are You Afraid of the Dark? Kind of up there with dark music. Um, what about uh, Super Specs. Yeah, I mean, geez. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I think there's two other episodes this season that also kind of mm. have somewhat dark endings we haven't talked about yet. Um, but uh, I said I, I thought I had a little bit of a pinball wizard type feel. Yeah. Um, I re- well, go ahead. You talk more on it. Um, I just, uh, well, uh, the end is like the, their limo driver is actually the judge and he yeah. captures them. Yeah. Um, so they, I guess have some kind of magical type powers. Um, I like a lot about this episode mm-hmm. and I don't like a lot about hmm. it, I guess. Um, I like how it looks. I like the concept, um, uh, I didn't love, like, I was kind of disappointed when they got inside the place and then it turned into a trial. As soon as it was a trial, I was like, oh, a trial. (laughs) It's just like, you know, it's the same. I don't know. Every trial on TV is like practically the same thing. But it's such a strange trial. It is. really, uh. But it's like half the episode, the trial. It's like they go from trial to being in a cage to the trial to being... I liked, I see, I felt like the setting, like even starting in that game shop in the city. Yeah, I liked and that. And then uh, we go to, um, um, we, you know, we, yeah, we go to Jimmy's house. And I, I noted here that it was very funny. We knew we were in the slums because there's an actual shot of a man carrying a garbage bag. Pull <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, and then we go to this kind of like prairie where there's just this. Yeah, that was cool. I thought I thought the settings kind of gave a lot a lot more to think about than a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Agreed. Episodes. I thought the setting was great in general. Well, I didn't love the black hmm. nothing room okay. that they were in for most of the episode. That kind of bothered me. I liked where this thing was located. Mm. Thought that was great. Like them being out in the middle of nowhere and it's this mysterious shack. Right. Um, that was cool. I the wisdom glass was. Just kind of dumb, frankly. Oh boy. I mean, as an element. I mean, <laughs> it looked sort of cool, but the use of it, it's like the wiz- they're just, they ask it every time somebody steals the game, I guess. Um, mm. I don't know. I didn't S- love that. So where did you rank it? I ranked it number seven. Seven out of 13. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think that that's how I feel about it. Like pretty close to the middle of the list. Yeah. It's just be like a close call type. Of... Yeah. Yeah. Like I, lo- I wanted to love, it's an episode that I really wanted to love and I like so much about it. Mm-hmm. It just, I was irritated that it didn't hit home with me more, I guess. Okay. Where'd you rank it? 
Uh, well, it has a 3.3 in IMDb, um, which is too low, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I ranked it third. It was my third, third. favorite. Third, yeah, wow. It was my third favorite. Um, oh, I, you know, I, I said that I felt like there was actually some urgency to this episode. It felt like they were really moving from like shop yeah. to Jimmy's house, then to the field. Then I, you know, to me, it felt like it had a pace that I liked. Um, I really liked the design of the episode. I thought all the, um, once you get to the underground world with the wisdom glass people, the designs of the characters were really interesting to look at more, more interesting than I think a lot of this season. Um, and, uh, I, I'm just a huge sucker for uh, like a dark ending really can adjust my score. I loved that. Uh, it just wasn't enough to bring it home for me. Plus there was just so many things that didn't make sense to me in this one. Mm. One, uh, the rich kids character just like varied so much throughout the episode. It's a short episode. It's like, you got to keep that consistent. I feel like, yeah. Um, but there were story elements that bothered me. Like, um, they get this video game and it sends them to this real world place. Like the whole first five minutes of the episode is like video game, video game, video game. And then it's a real game. Um, so that was weird to me. It just felt like off message Hmm. or whatever. Um, also the ending like they destroyed the wisdom glass but it didn't stop them from uh, catching the kids it was like what was like who cares then yeah. about the wisdom glass they were yeah. acting like it was the most important thing in the world and then it's just broken yeah um <laughs> you know just I, I i thought it was solid uh, uh also like what's the what is the message it's like he comes back and saves his friend, but then they get caught anyway. Does the rich kid, does he save his friend? Doesn't he just kind of set it up so he can get off the hook? No, he comes back. Uh, yeah, he sets it up so he can get off the hook, but then he feels bad, comes back, saves the other kid. Yeah. Um, and then they both get punished. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. But it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes, it does. They they both did something wrong. They both what get did punished. The, no, the other kid didn't do anything wrong. He went along with it. Went along with what? Oh, he didn't, he didn't know, know the game was the, stolen. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But then he lied to the wisdom people. Knowing <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I mean, you who just, are these people? You just want to live Give in a world a where people are lying to everybody? Where you get your head cut off for <laughs> lying to the wisdom people? Yeah, sometimes you've got to pay the price. jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, okay, It's well, like all the elements were there, just didn't quite... Uh, Time okay. together well, tightly. Well, it's uh, it's kind of the inverse of zombie gl- zombie dice. Uh, I think that was your top oh. five, seven yeah, for yeah. me. This one's in my yeah. top five, seven for you. So, and I think two episodes that actually kind of have some tonally stuff in common. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, not not a big deal. Uh, you know, <laughs> see what people. Maybe people will chime in on wisdom sure. glass. This I should note that this is an episode I remembered prior oh. to our watching. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about uh, Wisdom Glass. What is episode nine? Uh, nine is Walking Shadow. When the local high school decides to stage Macbeth, it unleashes some terrifying ghosts lurking backstage. Ross, Jay Baruchel. There he is. <laughs> in his second appearance. <laughs> and Vanessa find out why the play is haunted and must get rid of the gremlins without getting blood on their hands. Uh, gremlins, did you say? <laughs> yeah. Were there gremlins in this episode? 
No, it was just a bad word, I think. <laughs> they meant to say ghosts. Oh, no, they said ghosts already, so they were probably, like, trying to use a different word, but... <laughs> okay. Um, it's uh, Megan's Tale. Uh, yeah. They, they talk about ghosts before the story, but it's not a very interesting segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... Jay Baruchel likes this girl. He wants to impress her, so he yep. agrees to be in this play. Macbeth, yeah. And they go to put it on, but weird things start happening around the theater. Yeah. And he's even more reluctant to do the play at that point. But finally he gives in, and he faces the ghosts of the theater as they put on the play, and yeah. uh, he succeeds in the end. The resident spirit, Adrian? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is... The husband of the lady we think throughout the episode who's... Like the wardrobe lady? The, yeah, the wardrobe yeah. for the production. Um, you know, they, they tell him not to refer to the play by name, to call it the Scottish play. Yeah. Did you know that this production will be the first time the Scottish play has been performed in this theater for 50 years? Scottish play? We're doing Macbeth. Ah! What? Turn around three times. What? Don't argue. Turn around three times, then leave the room and come back in. Why? It's appalling bad luck to refer to the Scottish play by name. Don't you know anything about the theater? Okay, okay. I never looked up whether this is a real thing about Macbeth. Uh, I assumed so. I yeah. Mean, I think it, it seemed... would be insane that they didn't that they made it up. <laughs> it seemed like whoever wrote this episode definitely wanted to write an episode about Macbeth. yes yeah yeah <laughs> or like theater at least yeah. in general like, hell or high water yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're getting this episode <laughs> off their chest <laughs> um so in i guess in the end like the ghosts want to play out the play yeah is the finish thing. finish the play yeah their unfinished business is that they never got to the end of the unresolved play. ghost yeah. story snooze yeah. um this has an 8.2 on imdb uh oh, yeah. where did you rank walking shadow um actually i this might be a surprise i ranked this number five. Oh my lord um <laughs> while i am not a huge fan of the theater uh theme um i did think it was a very well executed episode thought it was very well paced huh. jay baruchel's great as always yeah. um i it made total sense from point A to point B, I think. And yeah. uh, the ghost effects were cool. Um, the resolution left something to be desired, but I just think it was a really strong episode. It's not like my favorite, but I just think it was done well. Uh, it was one that lost my attention. Hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of really boring. Um, I think... I think I started to feel that way right up until the hand reached out of the goop at him, and I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe this is starting to ramp up. And it did a little. Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished, I suppose, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. The the climax of Jay Baruchel sword fighting a ghost feels very... Well, like, it's for, like the you... final... I'm assuming the climax of Macbeth is... Same. I know, but it just doesn't feel like that much is on the line. Uh, I'm not really scared of the ghost, knowing that it's just some theater guy hoping yeah. to finish a play. Uh, I just had no warm feelings towards mm. it. Wow. Uh, I ranked it 11 out of 13. 
Um, wow, jeez. I just, I mean, <laughs> like compared to virtual pets. Wait, what did what were your uh, virtual pets was ten for me. Yeah, compared. That's a good, perfect example. Then, <laughs> compared to virtual pets, like this episode is put together masterfully. It's but vir- <laughs> it, vir- virtual pets gives me like a little something to giggle about, and it's a little wacky and a little like <laughs> a little more. Are you afraid of the dark? Stupid. And this one mm-hmm. is, you know, in line with a couple in the original run, yeah. where it just I don't. It's. It's not what I like about Are You Afraid of the Dark. Uh, I I know what you're saying. I just think that sometimes this tone works for Are You Afraid of the Dark. And often, like, I'm trying to think of one that uh, has a similar tone from the original. Because Ghost with Unfinished Business really... I think this... The uh, the Irish one from the the Leprechaun one from the original uh-huh. is like kind of like this to me. Yeah. Uh, like I don't. L- it's not my favorite, but I think it's just put together well. I don't know. I got to give it some credit for that. I like I, that one a lot more. I mean, yeah. there's a lot more going on in that one. Uh, yeah. This one feels just. Also, for most of it, you're just watching Jay Baruchel kind of like practice slash. Talk to people backstage. Yes, though this really uh, highlights how good Jay Baruchel is compared to most of the kids on here. Like, he's the only kid I could stand to watch doing that. He's good. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is why they picked this kid. I'm Uh, I'm definitely happy they picked him. Um, Yeah, just a snooze for me. I mean, I can see that anything in this bottom five, I'm probably not rewatching. So it doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter if virtual pets for me, but uh you know, I'm just not rewatching this. Uh, um, I still feel pretty good about where I put it in my list. Looking top, over it, top it's five just, is insane. Insane. Um, I just don't think so. Everything under it for me is like just clearly not quite as good, so with the exception of maybe one you episode. You think Wisdom Glass is worse than this episode? I think it's just more of a mess. Um, but you'd rather watch Walking Shadow than Wisdom Glass? Sort of. Like, literally, when I think of Wisdom Glass, that entire um, trial segment, I don't want to watch again. Okay. It's just annoys All right. me. All right. It's like, we know the instant it starts where this is going, pretty much. Maybe I'm it's a just real like... sucker for design. I don't know. Now that I'm looking at it, I might be a sucker <laughs> for design. <laughs> what, is episode, uh, what is episode 10? Um... Next one is Oblivion. A boy tired of being pushed into lame recreational activities and lessons learns how to erase his problems. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, I forget what the Midnight Society. This is told by Tucker, and uh, they are playing with retro toys from Tucker's parents' garage. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. They're yeah. like playing with old yeah. toys. Yeah. And it's about like forgetting about stuff yeah, that just, you used to, right? Discover into or whatever. Yeah, discovering just a box of stuff where you're like, oh, I remember yeah. this. Yeah. Um. So the kid in the episode, um, Max. Oh, I yeah, Max. Yeah. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, he's looking for art materials for some reason. I just can't remember why he's looking. I may for be them. mixing this up with a season seven Stardust. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe yeah. I'm not. I don't know. anyway, he's looking for art materials. He go ends up at Sardo's magic shop. Something 
is my name, and help is exactly what I have to offer. What can I... What can I help you with? I know. Perhaps a talisman from the Far East. Or a doorway that can show the future. You can find the most interesting items in my shop. All you need do is ask. So ask. Uh, Fyatt gets this piece of charcoal in this... Oh, that's right. The beginning of the episode is in the past. We see these priests... Kronos um, the Conqueror. Yeah, getting attacked <laughs> by Kronos, and they erase him into oblivion. That's right, that's right. And they hide the utensils. Right. And they show up at Sardos. Sure. Naturally. <laughs> um, so he, when he gets this stuff, he soon fig- starts to figure out what they're capable of and starts erasing things, sending them to oblivion. And... At one point, his sister annoys him enough that he erases her. Yes. And that makes him go back to the shop and ask Sardo what to do. And Sardo suggests that he send himself to the place he sent her. Yeah. To erase himself. So he erases himself. To oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up in oblivion, this place where all the stuff go, forgotten stuff. All forgotten things, which I love this concept. Yes. It's Um, great. And um, the world looks very cool. Yeah. Of just, you could tell they spent some time cluttering yeah yeah you know old old forget me type of things it reminded me of uh i think we talked about a life with loopy episode where she goes under inside the couch mm-hmm. and she ends up like in this couch world underground it's very uh, similar yeah uh but a real life version yeah um but they run into chronos down there <laughs> and they're all stuck yeah who's an interesting villain because you realize you almost sympathize with him briefly because he's just been stuck yeah and honestly, I could understand why he'd want out. <laughs> yes, uh, though he was a lunatic in the real world, we knew. Yeah. That's so he's just gotten time. crazier and crazier over the years. Or maybe he's chilled. <laughs> maybe. I assume it's hundreds of years. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, so the kids are trying to figure out a way out. Um, and if they erase stuff when they're in Oblivion, it just shows up back in Oblivion. Um, so... Finally, uh, the kid thinks to erase Sardo, and he ends up in oblivion. In probably the best moment of this entire season for me is the kid erasing Sardo and Sardo showing up suddenly (laughs) and being shocked that he's (laughs) awake. It's a great moment, for sure. Uh, Sardo in this episode is just very good. It seems like uh, the show's creators know what they're dealing with here now. Yeah, know exactly how to use it. Yeah, yeah. so they are trying to figure out how to get out, and finally the kid thinks to erase Oblivion. Right. So he erases everything except for the three of them, him, his sister, and Zardo. Which is cool. I love this effect. It leaves this kind of um, white, empty room. Yeah. Really They're cool. just nowhere. Yeah. Um, cool. And finally uh, he erases his bedroom door so they can walk back into his bedroom yeah. from nowhere. It's kind of high concept. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it, yeah, it has a three point one on IMDb. That's um, just insane. It's insane. I mean, that this is like anywhere <laughs> near gruesome gourmet. Uh, <laughs> how, how dare you? Um, well, I'm judging by your tone. I'm, I'm assuming you liked it. Where did you rank Oblivion? Um, this was my number one for the season. Okay, uh, I thought like pretty uh, distinctly number one. Okay. Um, I mean, I was ranking these episodes, and uh, I had Zombie Dice as number two. This was just like, for me, this was like, 
the bat like everything clicked in this episode it was like the story was really interesting all the elements came together logically and in a like satisfying way sardo was in it and he was on mm-hmm. just yeah, like definitely on just right um just i just loved everything about this episode it just reminds me of like there was a there that um eerie indiana episode where they had the pencil definitely um, um yes and they were were they drawing things and they became real yes okay so the opposite of that yeah. um it's just like the second i hear of this idea it's great plus the idea that 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 the utensils have been around for so long. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. There's a line in here um, that I wrote down. Sharing someone's art supplies is like sharing someone's toothbrush. And I thought to myself, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's that serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved... Uh, well, I, I ranked it number two. Mm-hmm. So do we have your top five? Yeah. What are they? They are from, five, from worst to best. Walking Shadow... Jake the Snake, The Forever Game, Zombie Dice, and Oblivion. Okay, okay. Wow, we got a really different top five. But uh, this is my number two. Uh, Sardo's great. He's back. He's fun. Yeah. Better than ever. <laughs> uh, Oblivion is just a really cool concept. Yeah. They ex- they put, it seemed like they put some time into executing the world of Oblivion. Uh, Kronos is kind of a good antagonist to get them thinking and yeah. moving. Um yeah, the design of the episode was really interesting to wa- look at and watch. The kids were good; like yeah. they were, they didn't detract from the episode. Um, it's just a really solid, solidly made episode that yeah. I think definitely would hang in the original yeah. one. Yeah, um, and there's like little details that I love, like the way the eraser looks. It's like this ball of just. I don't know. It looks like used and old. Looks yeah. great. Um, and there's um, there's a part where Chrono suddenly erases the door to the Abbey at, from the beginning of the episode, um, which like I don't know. When I was watching it, I was suddenly like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Yeah. And it's like giving the kids the idea to erase the room door later. Yeah. It's just it's just a really tightly put together episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah very, very good. Um, what is the 11th episode of the season? Um, the next, this one is Vampire Town. A spoiled goth boy obsessed with vampire lore finds himself getting more than he bargained for when he finds himself face to face with real life blood sucking fiends. That'd be Adder, the boy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that name before, but Adder and they're going to Wisteria, which yeah. is the town with vampires. This is a story told by Quinn, uh, and the Midnight Society thinks Quinn did something wrong. They're kind of gossiping about him when he shows up and says it's not right to judge uh, if you don't know all the facts. Yeah. yeah. Which is the moral of the episode here of kind of judging a book by its cover. Sort of. You know, we got a vampire hunter. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the endearing parent, uh, the parents who are kind of going along. Yeah, their son's yeah, whimsy. they're all right. Uh, I mean, the dad's not does not like that his son's doing all this stuff, which seems right. Thinks he's crazy. Yeah, and, it seems right. Yeah, I guess I just didn't love the how he uh, got that point across. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, it felt real to me. Eh, okay, uh, we have um. Once they get to the town, yeah. it's based in a hotel. Well, the episode starts with a vampire attack at a funeral home. Yeah. 
Um, but when we get to the town, they check in. There's kind of a weird hotel owner, uh, and uh, Adder is on the hunt for Dreyfus. <laughs> arrive in Wisteria, the fabled vampire town. Only last week there was a vampire attack in this quiet hamlet. Could it be that Dreyfus, the greatest vampire of all, has returned? Legend has it that he slept in the catacombs beneath Wisteria for centuries. If this is true, and he has indeed risen from his grave, I will do everything in my power to meet him. Face to face. Very, a very old, <laughs> a very old vampire who apparently is in the catacombs, and the entrance to the catacombs rests below this hotel. Yeah. So that's kind of what Adder's yeah. looking for is yeah. the entrance to this. And the owner, I really like the owner of the hotel. He's very oh odd. God, I hate the owner, uh, Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> really hate this guy. Why? He, he's <laughs> he just annoys me. Oh, his whole fasc- performance. A fascinating performance. <laughs> um, he's def- something's uh. definitely off about this guy. Um. In a, I think, a charming way. Uh, okay. We're, I'm gonna, I disagree. We're, we're going to have sure. to talk. I'm going to have to talk about this more openly. So this is my favorite episode of the season. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. And I can't believe you don't uh, like it because you know what this this reeked to me as straight up kind of an X Files type. Um, yeah, I just like don't a, think it was executed. Oh, it great. was executed, all right. Uh, mm, yeah, it was executed. <laughs> In some sense, Dreyfus is legitimate. I'm gonna have. I'm just gonna have to let me dialogue here. <laughs> Dreyfus is a great-looking vampire, very scary-looking. Looks pretty good. Pro- probably the scariest feature-looking thing in the entire season. Uh, uh, I mean, there isn't that much maybe. visually. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, Jake the Snake. Yeah, that is a cool one. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, I I really love the twist here at the ending. Again, another dark twist um, where you think Adder has, you know, kind of realized, he kind of realizes that, you know, it's a little out of control, his hobby here. And so, you know, he goes back into the hotel only to find out that Stanley is the vampire, the hotel owner. Yeah. And uh, he's not going anywhere. Stanley's uh, going to keep him. That did trick me. Like... It wasn't until the second time going through it that I was like, oh, this guy acting weird is supposed to be because he's the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, I watched it twice because I wanted to make sure it was my favorite. Yeah. And the second time, it's a little more fun watching Stanley interact with seeing how paranoid okay. he is. Um, I, you know, the, you have the funeral homeowner who's kind of, um, he reminded me, what's ortho from beetlejuice yeah kind of an ortho type figure where he's like kind of this dumb but do you know uh where we saw him before is he in gruesome gourmet (laughs) (laughs) makes sense Uh, yeah (laughs) um yeah it just to me when i watched this i was like this is i think one of my favorites uh from the whole series uh, you know, if, if I were to go back and do my favorite list, I don't know if it would make my top five, but it would be in my top 10. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's terrible. It's just not that good to me. It didn't strike you as X-Files-esque? Um, I see what you're saying. It just didn't succeed like uh, X-Files did I for the me. catacombs were cool. The, the... catacombs were kind of cool, but it's like, at the same time, they were about five, they felt 
like a very small area. Like catacombs to me, I'm imagining this enormous expanse of like tunnels and stuff. I think they tried. They tried, yeah. Uh, but it feels like a very small area. I like how it looks, um, but he finds Dreyfus uh, like five feet into the catacombs. Like, what? what <laughs> no, he gets tra- no, he gets tra- <laughs> he gets trapped in a separate chamber. And then Dreyfus comes out. Nevertheless, it's, it feels right there, pretty close to the entrance to the Well, place. Dreyfus has, probably hasn't had any reason to move about. But nobody's found this guy in oh, I th- centuries? Oh, I think Stanley knows he's down there. Uh, yes, but Stanley seems more worried about eating himself than getting food for Dreyfus. Oh, he's not worried about Dreyfus at all, That which I think is why Dreyfus is kind of like skin peeling. He looks pretty yeah. deteriorated. Uh... Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense, kind of. And you know, you got that great kind of moral. It's the it's oh, the, the uh, moral was the worst part. The the, the, the Twilight Zone, like Maple Street type of you know, there is something to fear, but it's not. It's um, you know, it's judging a book by its cover, even though in the end, there's still something to fear. I think the end was the worst part of this. Um, not the very end, not the twist, Stanley, but that adder instantly becomes a normal kid and he's like the kid dad always wanted suddenly and dad's like yeah let's do this it's just like what (laughs) i mean shouldn't the moral have been like it's okay to be himself no matter what that is i think and then dad should suck it up like (laughs) oh dad definitely sucked it up they're going on a vacation to this vampire town with their son that's true though he was complaining the whole time wasn't trying to, like, yeah. make it okay. No, I think he was just seeing, like, if he could get a little bit of both. Like, okay, let's go to Wisteria, but also, if you want, tomorrow we can go to the Jets game. Yeah, but he doesn't say it like that. He says it like, <laughs> like this kid's the worst. He's, you know, he's a jerk. Total well, jerk. Well, and not in a fun way. But per- perhaps Adder also realizes that... Um, He's pushed it a little too far. He has gone a little too far. Sure, but in one instant, he goes from total goth to, like, (laughs) total normal kid. Well, a near-death experience probably would do that to you. Make you uh, totally renounce, like, your very self? I think a near-death experience would do that. I think that situation would push me in the opposite direction. Be like, I was right... This is crazy. I'm a vampire hunter now. I just killed this guy. He doesn't need to prove it anymore through dressing like that. He knows who he is. He's legit. I just don't buy it. <laughs> it's the best episode of the season. No, did you? no possible way. <laughs> it, it has a 9.5 on IMDb. I know. I was shocked. <laughs> I it's like, how could this be? I wasn't. I felt very validated. But where did you rank it? Um, I ranked it number six. So, I mean, middling, which is exactly where I think it should be. Um, and also the kid, I don't love the kid. Oh, frankly, I like him a lot. In this part. Oh, I like him. Uh, this is our, this is our forever game, Nathaniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a certain, I mean, I think he has braces, so he kind of talks in a weird way, but. I just uh, don't I buy him, him as this character, I guess. Oh, I thought, it, I don't I thought it hit, it hit that tone perfect for me. <laughs> just perfect. I, I mean, you know, Man, a little, really a little, night, a little nightly neighbors feel. Yeah, a little, but nowhere near as good as Nightly Neighbors. Just slightly off. Slightly, really? (laughs) Slightly. I mean, really? Uh, Well, we disagree. We definitely disagree. Yes, we definitely Listen, the intro is great. No, no, I'm not saying 
this being terrible. I'm just saying, you're not saying the tone of Night- Nightly Neighbors, like, just nails it so much better than this one? Yes, the tone of Nightly Neighbors is a lot better than this okay. one. Having said that, this is the best episode <laughs> of season six. <laughs> it's just not as interesting as Oblivion. The idea's not as big. Um, well, okay, hold on. So, Oblivion, I think, is more ambitious. Yeah. But... If I'm going off of what I personally like, this is right up my alley. I okay. love strange little like niches. Yeah. I, 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 I even personally, I like going to these weird towns. <laughs> this is see. I think I'm doing like the same thing with um with Wisdom Glass. It's like I like the concepts of these a lot. They're like on at first glance, they're right up my alley. So maybe it's partly that. It's like I'm going into it thinking, oh, you're, this is going to be one of my favorites. You're, and it, you're resisting all your urges. And, no, just it give just, into it. <laughs> they just turned out to be not as good as I was anticipating. Better. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I thought this was next one coming up was going to be your number one. Oh, my sure. God, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, next up is? Secret Admirer. <laughs> shy high school girl maggie they call her in the imdb description but her actual name's maggie maggie um yes. gets notes from a secret admirer and with the help of a jock student learns of a horrible accident in the wood shop that may be the cause mm-hmm. um this is told by megan and the midnight society has secret conf- a secret confessions game where they write notes together yeah this is one of those names that I'm like, just make it Maggie. Like every, I bet everybody in the whole making of this was like, kept wanting to say Maggie. Like, Maggie. But Maggie. Yeah, um, but fine. And maybe it was because of Megan, the storyteller. She's oh. like, I want to work my name in yeah, here. Yeah, maybe. Um, so Maggie uh, gets a weird note from a secret admirer, and she thinks it's this jock, but he blows her off, says it's not her, not him. Um and she feels horrible, like she's been rejected her whole life, I guess. Um, and then she keeps getting notes, and the jock like comes over and apologizes for being a jerk at school. Yeah. And they together kind of try to figure out the mystery of these notes. Oh, what's the matter? I'm really scared, Nick. This this guy's really freaking me out, and. And now I'm seeing things that are not really there, and he's threatening you and easy, all this stuff. Easy, easy. It's, I... it's okay. Why is he doing this? I don't know. But whoever he is, he's a chicken, and there's absolutely no reason to be afraid of him. But he threatened you. This? Hey, now that I know you, it's going to take a lot more than a goofy note to keep me away. You mean that? Don't worry about this loser, Maggie. You'll probably never even hear from him again. <laughs> Thanks. You are the man. Oh man! <laughs> you in the bed, dude. I mean, I never thought in a million years to get her to kiss you. Not cool, guys. I price so. I, mean, I wouldn't let her kiss me. Mickey, this is not what you think. <laughs> Drop the axe, man. The pooch is gone. Um, and it turns out that <laughs> Maggie's mom, oh my God, also <laughs> with the nickname Maggie in school, <laughs> um, had a uh, had this guy that liked her who ended up 
getting in an accident in Woodshop caused by Maggie's now father. Oh, um, straight up her dad kills this kid. Yeah, I mean, it's an accident, sounds like. He goes to confront her. There's an a- him. There's an accident in the woodshop. The kid dies. Teddy. Uh, Teddy's the... Teddy is the kid who died okay. in the woodshop. Um, and then, uh, so the jock go. The jock is, meanwhile, doesn't know about this stuff. So he's going to the woodshop to confront this kid. And Maggie, now knowing the truth, wants to save the jock from getting yeah. killed. So they end up in the woodshop. And yeah, I mean Teddy's straight up trying to blow people up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. this is a uh, angry ghost. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> um, he looks pretty cool too. He's like yeah, uh, half blown, half his face is blown off. Yeah. You know? we don't get a lot of Teddy though. No, not enough. Not for enough Teddy. <laughs> what this episode is. Um, I also like that um, on Wikipedia, the description described him as her mother's jilted high school lover. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so they end up in the wood shop, confront Teddy. Uh, somehow they destroy Teddy. Yeah, they, they uh, like there's they light a fire. They in the blow wood him shop. up again. Yeah. yeah, can you blow up a ghost? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I guess you can. Yeah. I mean, I almost you know I get it, Teddy. Uh, I get Teddy's anger. Yes. Uh, yeah, this makes sense for a ghost that would stick around. He was killed unfairly arguably it seems a little weird that he's fooled that this is the daughter (laughs) and not the mom well they do say at that one point you look just like her when she was your age i know but he has no concept of passing time um yeah i know it's a little ridiculous oh it's i I would (laughs) my real problem with it though is there's no like there's no build up to this mom backstory no. Like, there needs to be some sort of, like, clue or something from the beginning of the episode. No, it just, it's, like, it's all, like, in the kitchen in a two-minute exposition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just two minutes of pure exposition. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this happened to And mom. the first half of the episode is really slow and, like, just too melodramatic. The girl's, like, just freaking out from this note and getting made fun of once. I mean, I, can, I understand. Yeah. Like, that makes sense, but... She goes home and, you know, can't talk to anyone. Um, and I think this is an episode that's a good example of, um, you know, we talk about bad acting and Are You Afraid of the yeah. Dark, but I think there was some bad acting in this episode, and in this case it did weigh what I thought was already a kind of bad episode down further. Yeah, yeah. Um, I likened it to, I thought, the most uh, to Jagged Sign, a la, oh. like, you know, hmm. misguided dead lover oh. type of thing. Huh. And it was just kind of a drag, like, jagged sign. Yeah, you're right. Um, I was actually thinking of both uh, Dream Girl and Prom Queen, except, like, yeah. just nowhere near as successful as those Definitely episodes. not. I actually, re- that's interesting you said that. I wrote down, makes you realize how impressive Dream Girl is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... But, you know, the me- the tip, outside of, like, Dream Girl, Prom Queen, the melodramatic stories don't always work as well yeah. for me. They have to be really well done. Definitely. Um, and this just didn't hit the mark. Well, we're both wrong, because IMDb gives us an 8.6. <laughs> what did you uh, rank Secret in my uh, For me, this was number 11 of 13 of okay. the season. Okay. I ranked it 9. Wow. A little higher. A little. I mean, still yeah, yeah. bottom five. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
um, fifth worst. Yeah. I gave it a little credit for the guy at the end. Yeah. The makeup and stuff. Like, yes. that was kind of cool. Teddy really saves this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, everything else about it is just slow and not really... It's like, is it scary? I mean, there's these notes that not, she's getting, but... No, not really. There's no danger involved. No, you know, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. In fact... Yeah, there's like... Uh, there's this whole, like, feeling of the first half of the episode that's, like, down and, like, trying to create this creepy tone, but there's really nothing that she needs to be afraid of, especially thinking that it's some kid at school that's right, leaving that her. that has a crush on her. Yeah. So she got blown off by this one guy, but still there's someone that's, like, that's interested in her. You know? Yeah. I do think, I think some people really like this episode, so we, I wonder if we're maybe in the minority, but... Uh, Man. I just can't. Yeah, okay. I didn't like it. Uh, all right, and the last episode of season six? Bigfoot Ridge. <laughs> Love the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's great really title. an unforgettable title. <laughs> um, oh, that reminds me. Vampire Town, terrible title. Um, no. Vampire Town. What did you want them to call it? I don't know. <laughs> Anything. A little less, a little more subtle. I would have liked that better. I couldn't get out of my head, uh, Richard Dreyfus. I just kept thinking, Richard Dreyfus is down in I the think catacombs. it added to me. I think it added to me. Added for me, but it would be a perfect parody episode. It's just literally Dreyf- Richard Dreyfus stuck in the catacombs. Get me out of yeah. here! All right, All right. Um, Bigfoot Ridge. According to IMDb, while skiing in Canada and searching for their missing friend, two teenagers get lost in a cabin with a spooky, life-sucking demon lurking around. The Ombra. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that they mentioned Canada in this one, because oh, it yeah. really has nothing to do with anything <laughs> that happens. This is a tale told by Tucker, and uh, Tucker pulls up on a speed bike, most notably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he, you know, definitely, uh, you know, extreme sporting is, yeah. the, is the theme here. Uh, and this episode stars Anakin Skywalker himself. Yeah. <laughs> Hayden. Uh, Christensen, right? Yeah. Hayden Christensen. Um, he plays Kirk, who's one of the two kids listen, looking for their missing friend, Gina. Uh, and it's really just a tale of um, their friends missing. They've kind of tracked it to this uh, cabin. Which he does Nobody believes her. Yeah. Um, and she wants to go looking for her. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they end up in this kind of abandoned, powerless cabin, and uh, the spirit is there. And the spirit can take the form of things guess, it sees. Like, I think whatever, whichever things get attached to it. Right. Uh, the spirit... Yeah, the, ma- the spirit can make you see things that aren't real. Uh, its eyes turn green, which I thought was a cool effect. Yeah. Uh, and then if you stare at its green eyes, it then starts aging you. Yeah. Uh, which I think it feeds off of then. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't like light. Yep. It hates light. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, this episode starts out great. Let's Should we just get a, listen to it?
God. Now we go off the backside, right? Wrong. I'm done. Having the time of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Just love that. Which is um, strange because do, do they already know their friend's missing? Yes. And they're still having the very fun. beginning. Yeah. yeah. They're just on snowboarding. What the hell? You know. Gina uh, will be fine. <laughs> they're trying to get Gina off their minds. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, guess so. um, I, I guess I like a lot about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half is pretty slow. Uh, yeah. It's just like her trying to convince them that Gina's still out there. Yes. And they don't believe her. Finally, she takes off and he goes after her. And that's like the first 10 minutes of the episode yes. somehow. But once they're in that cabin, yes, I think once it's fun. The, yeah, it ratchets it up. It's yeah. great. You start seeing that ombra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is something I thought uh, creepy about the concept of, um, I don't know how to describe it, uh, The uh, f- seeing someone who you think is yes. your friend but knowing it's an illusion. Yes. Oh, I figured... And, uh, and that thing trying to lure, lure you in? That is great, and I didn't even realize that until, again, like, the second run-through. Yeah. That, like, she was seeing, like, these videos of her friend. Yeah. Um, that I guess were, like, attempts by the Ambra to get them to the cabin. Yeah. So, a really spooky concept. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I'm assuming, like, for... I'm... I took it that the Ambra in the cabin is like actually physically there. Yes, I okay. think I think it's yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Um and that was a good it was like that was a great example of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh making the most out of subtle effects. Yeah. Her eyes are glowing. That's yeah. the only part of her that's an effect. Uh yeah. but it's effective. I yeah. Think. yeah, it's kind of off <laughs> creepy. Uh, yeah. Off putting. Yeah. Um and uh you know, I'm I'm also a sucker for Snowden stories. Yes, uh, I, like, I do love that. I like the when ca- people are trapped by weather. Yeah, the cabin. It's yeah. a very good setting. Yeah. Um, I like the yeah I like the pace of once they get in the cabin. Uh, yeah. the way the monsters coming after them, what they have to do. One thing that didn't make sense to me was, uh, they find the remains of somebody else who had been lured there. Yeah. Um. But they, but they said something. They made it a point of saying like, "Oh, I guess he was trying to get to the uh, the power, the power too." Yeah. And it's like <laughs> five feet away from me. He died uh, on the other side of the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they use light to defeat it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know the de aging is kind of cool. Are you afraid the dark's pretty good at that? Yeah. Um, yeah, the light uh, vampire. Yeah. Same thing as vampire. Yeah. There was a. It is a cool effect when it gets hit by the light and spreads out into like a weird shadow yeah. creature. Yeah. Um, it has a three point two on IMDb. Man. Where did you rank Bigfoot Ridge? Uh, I ranked it uh, number eight. Okay. Near the middle for me. Um, I like again. I like the setting of it. Um, the concept is good. It's a little slow. I guess is my main problem with it it is a little slow um, um yeah. and a little bit clunky at the end i mean getting to the power and then up oh, we got to get to the generator Simul, you know yeah but but it does always feel like something's kind of like it always does feel like there's an urgency yeah that the thing yeah. could be coming agreed um i ranked it six mm-hmm. out of 13 so it was like kind of a close mm-hmm. call for me but um it is a little slow uh but I did like the Ombra. I like the concept of the Ombra, that it can kind of trick you into seeing things. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that was cool. What would you think about Hayden? He was fine. Yeah. Probably right. probably more suited for this than Star Wars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what was the other movie he was in where he could transport to Looper? Place? Or not no, Looper. No, not Looper. Uh, Jumper. Jumper. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Is that the last we heard of him? See, that was like his last, I, yeah, last like big blockbuster type movie. I bet you there's a Christensen Renaissance coming. You think? I hope so. I'd like to see what we got. I'm <laughs> willing to humor him. Okay. But... The end. Great story. That's great. That's cool. That's good. You know, this is pretty cool. You know the best thing about it? What? When you got a bike, you don't have to walk home. Hey! Put out the fire. Don't blame me if you... Dumb! I hope he has a hard head. So who was your favorite Midnight Society member? Um... Going by stories, Tucker, for okay. sure. Okay. That, uh, Three out of my five, top five were Tucker stories. Yeah, I mean, he did Oblivion, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I went with Quinn, because Quinn is uh, Vampire Town, Wisdom Glass. See, um, Quinn was right in my middle, right in the middle of the list for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy's definitely the worst. Uh, yes. The Hunted and doubt. Misfortune yeah. Kikier. Yeah. <laughs> Not what you want to turn in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we, <sighs> we we are going to talk about season seven too um, yeah. in a couple weeks. But, but before we uh, wrap up this, do you think we should call our friend Brett and oh, get his thoughts man. on season six? I can't wait. Cool. Hello. Hey. Hey, Brett. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from uh, you. Uh, so uh, we've been talking uh, season six. We just ran through the 13 episodes. Yeah. We have some commonalities on our list, some major disparities. <laughs> oh, uh, fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we've stated over and over on the pod, you're somewhat of a, an authority. Certainly when it comes to season six, you, you're way beyond where Andrew <laughs> and I are. Uh, so we, we really wanted to sure. pick, pick your brain um, okay. How would you prefer? Would you prefer to go episode by episode? Do you want to share some of your favorites, your least favorites? Uh, tough choice. I, I'm a stickler for things in order, though. The problem with Are You Afraid of the Dark is there's a difference between airing order and production order, so that might make things more complicated. Um, let's go with my own little personal best worst episode list, and then we can kind of figure it out from there. Perfect. Cool. Um, cool. So, so would you prefer to start with the good or the bad? <laughs> uh, uh, let's start with the good. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. It's good to start like that. Um, so, I feel like with when it comes to season six, most people don't like it, and that's understandable because there's a big like dip in quality from after coming off of season five. Um, but that being said, I still think Forever Game. Uh, the first episode of season six holds up pretty decently. And I really like how the transition of having Tucker like refine the campfire uh, with his own group and kind of teaching them the ropes really sets the tone for the season. Yeah. It is one of the more memorable midnight society yeah, segments. For sure. 
Definitely. Yeah. Especially since some of the later ones just kind of feel like they're tacked on, but that one definitely has some proper room to breathe and really like establishes the plot. So I, I, I give that one like a personal nod. Cool. Yeah. We, we, we both, that was in both of our top fives. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far we're with you. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, let's see. Uh, another good one that comes to mind is the tale of the secret admirer. And oh. I really like that one because it builds a lot of suspense in kind of a Hitchcockian kind of way, um, particularly that scene when Maggie uh, is like washing her face in the bathroom. All of a sudden, you know, the ghost of Teddy or whatever is behind her. And <laughs> that gave that literally made me jump out of my seat when I first saw that. So <laughs> good job for them for making a jump scare. <laughs> well, um I think that one uh, <laughs> that one made both of our bottom fives instantly. Okay. Um, you know, I I can see how people would like it. Um, I think like we talked about it, like it shares some things with uh, Dream Girl and uh, Prom Queen a little bit. Yes, I just don't yeah, think it like lot. I just don't think it quite uh, succeeds as well as those. And the first yeah. the first ten minutes in particular, I think. Um, okay. Just felt like pretty slow. Yeah. Sure. I Perhaps I was uh, pigeonholing a little bit too closely on that one moment. Um, I did like some of the atmosphere of it and a little bit of the story bits, like the backstory of why Teddy is coming after Maggie. But I do have to agree with you in the sense that the beginning and the ending don't really pay off much. Like it just feels like, okay, now what? What are we doing here? Yeah. I, it is pretty intense that. Uh, a character's dad is responsible for the death <laughs> of another character. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole other problem in of itself. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we did talk about liking the design of Teddy, the yeah. way Teddy looked. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Two-Face, but in a good yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, you know, not our favorite, but uh, we, you know, we were just talking about how we have no real perspective on, people's favorites with the, yeah. the season six and seven so it's kind of h- cool to hear uh sure the other side of oh, it yeah yeah and i'm sure it's going to differ for everyone i mean i've yeah. reviewed all these episodes at least five times so my perspective might be a little bit uh dull than yours going into it fresh but, yeah uh, oh. I'll, I'll i'll say what i can about what i can and why i say it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah. so what else did you like um, I liked Vampire Town a lot. I really mm. liked um, oh, yeah. Adder committing to his role of being like this vampire hunter, even though his parents were just trying to, you know, go along for the ride. And I, I found that whole um, dynamic pretty entertaining. And you had to love Dreyfus. Yeah, we have our first <laughs> zombie slash vampire. <laughs> What's better than that? Although he's a little bit on the slow side, so he doesn't seem to spray. He can vaporize. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, that that was my favorite episode of the season. Um, you know, I, I really like kind of the strange quirks to it. Uh, Andrew didn't mm-hmm. like it quite as much as I did. What did you What did you make of Stanley, uh, the the hotel owner? Because Andrew, I love him. Andrew doesn't like him. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's he's oh man. I think he's creepy. And I also didn't expect the twist when I first watched the episode. Yeah. So yeah. points for that tale for like catching me off guard at the end because that was a good jolt for sure. Um, mm. But he, I don't know. It's it's hard for him to like 
he just seems like very monotone throughout most of the tale. And then all of a sudden he surprises us, springs <laughs> us on to you. So uh, I, uh, whatever it is. What it is. <laughs> I love, I love how I, we didn't mention, but I love how he passionately sniffs that Raven blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, re- he really gets off on that. <laughs> it's like an aphrodisiac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, speaking of which, just quick little fun fact: Did you catch that the the morgue owner is the same actor f- um, from Dreamgirl? He played the bowling alley manager. Oh no, I didn't. Wow. Yeah, well, it is, and it's a nice little callback. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, what else you got? <laughs> okay. Uh, how do you feel about Wisdom Glass? Uh, I really liked it. It was yeah. my number three. Um, okay. It was my number seven, so I mean, still like toward the middle of my list. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, yeah. I like a lot of things about it. But, I, but... I felt that was kind of middle of the road, slightly higher than middle, um, yeah. just because I really like this this like abstract setting of the court case for the game itself. Um, I think a lot of the characters were visually appealing to look at, and some of the dialogue was interesting. Um, where it kind of broke down for me is the um the just the logistics of like having a court case based off of a pc game that was stolen it didn't really fly for me <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean come on they didn't they didn't even enter in their password and they're being tried yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, a little ridiculous yeah this yeah. was the twist ending <laughs> did work uh, well did uh are you in favor or not quite of them being you know uh, i guess uh entrapped in the wisdom glass universe I just, I just want the wisdom universe fleshed out more. I don't want it yeah. to be like, uh, it, it feels like this like Windows ninety five dungeon crawler <laughs> game. Yeah. that you just kind of go around rooms and see what happens. There's no like action that you expect from a like a more medieval themes type game. Yeah. yeah. But then again, Are You Afraid of the Dark hasn't really proven itself that it can handle video game centered stories well. Yeah. I'm really right in the middle on that ending. Like, I love that it happens, but yeah. <laughs> it seems ridiculous. Like, yeah. I don't know. The guy appeared in the car. I don't know. It, it didn't. It, it could go either way for me. I mean, I liked. I liked the visual of it as well. Like, it yeah, wasn't yeah. expected, but at the same time, I, I felt like it could have ended better. So, I'm with you there. You can't. You can't escape theft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll find you somehow. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's see what else. Um, so I, I've given you like a, a smattering of good episodes and middling episodes. Should I talk a little bit about, you know, bad episodes and God awful episodes? Oh, <laughs> oh <sure>. no. <laughs> we'll see. There's, yeah, there's a couple episodes where Andrew and I are very far apart on. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Let's, um, Let's dive in right into it. So gruesome gourmets. <laughs> I, I feel like that is not meant to be an Ari Fade the Dark episode. That is meant to be a Goosebumps episode ah. because of how over the top and hokey it is. Hmm. And, the, and the puns are just, oh, they beat you over the head with it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, like, I can definitely see the Goosebumps aspect. But we were just yeah. talking previously about um, Erie, Indiana. And it almost oh, would really? work, I think, as an Erie, Indiana of, like, a neighbor yeah. who's kind of creepy. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just agreeing with you. Like, I, it definitely has that, like, hokey, creepy feel. And Are You Afraid of the Dark 
tends to err more on the serious side, so it definitely fits better in one of those two universes instead. Yeah. Well, I uh, <laughs> call that my least favorite of the season, uh, but Joe ranked that pretty high. Yeah. Really? I, I, ranked, <laughs> <laughs> I ranked it five. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I am just a sucker for, I do like kind of the wacky, hokey, um, yeah. you know, Vampire Town being my number one. I just kind of sure. like, you know, Erie, Indiana is just one of my all-time favorites. So anything that kind of approaches the bizarre, even mm-hmm. even if it, you know, in this episode doesn't pan out to be anything, uh I'm just kind of a sucker for it, and I, I can't really resist it, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> I, I do have to say for the record that um, the two large men who were, like, supposedly the antagonists, they were highly amusing. Like, with their mannerisms and yeah. their puns and their pineapple cider, it was all <laughs> very, very funny. And I kind of wish cider. I had some to try. <laughs> Don't get Andrew started on the pineapple cider. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so would you, would you personally then rank that more near your bottom? Uh, I see. Here's the thing. Yes, but like another episode I want to talk about, it falls into so bad it's good territory. So I can't hate it oh. for being awful. I, I I put it as like not not in line with Are You Afraid of the Dark quality, but still enjoyable in a hokey way. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So there's that. And then I might have to go into so awful I never want to revisit it again territory, Ooh. which are two tales. And depending on how you feel about them, <laughs> you might either agree with me or hate me. So so so, so bad you so bad you would you'd be okay not watching them again. Correct. Okay. All right. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm going with the more obvious answer right here, and I'm going to go with the tale of the virtual pets, uh, and that that is because. Um, it really tried to capitalize on like the Digimon Tamagotchi type of phase that was going on in 1999 at the time. And some of the effects and some of the like acting really just didn't <laughs> flesh out. Like, Oh, it, it, it just made me cringe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I think it was both, uh, out of 13, 10 for us. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, in our bottom five for sure. Okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah, it, we said it kind of didn't add up. Yeah, uh, kind of just yeah. a messy episode, messy plot. Um, yeah, I think it didn't seem that convincing either. It felt very stiff. Yeah, it seems like a widespread disliked episode, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we could agree on that. Um, so next up, I would say is Bigfoot Ridge, mm. and that is mainly due to the the visual appeal of the ombra because it it just looks like a cheap filter that's tacked on like the the main female protagonist's (laughs) friends gina i think her name is it just feels like a filter that's tacked on it doesn't stuck me into it at all if it had like more of a shadowy smoky appeal (laughs) like if we saw it like uh suck the living daylights out of gina or like that dead ski guy you know it'd be interesting but it just really doesn't do it for me. I just feel like we're stuck in a cabin with Hayden Christensen and two girls and we're kind of moping about it. <laughs> well, we both, we both had this kind of in the middle of our list. Yeah. We didn't love it. We didn't hate it. Um, okay. We kind of liked the cabin setting. Yeah. I liked okay. the cabin. All right. Um, and something about the Ombra B 
being trapped in this cabin coming after them felt um kind of creepy mm-hmm. you know like their friend like you if it was like your working kind of evil yeah is running out thing and like if it's your if it was your friend coming after you you know it's mm, like kind of okay, a I can see it from that creepy creepy thing i don't know but yeah, uh, yeah i mean um did, did does the fact that um Anakin Skywalker is in the episode. Does that affect your viewing? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I, I didn't like his performance as much as uh, in like episode two or three. But... Well, he's just you know he's he's, he's getting just he's, out. yeah he's, he's warming his chops yeah 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 yeah. Um. So there's that. Um. Uh, what else is there? Uh, zombie dice was interesting, mm. but it didn't really grab my attention too much. I um I watched it really more for Jay Baruchel and like the the clever little trick that he pulled on Mr. Click at the end. Yeah, but everything just seemed very like uninteresting and even keeled to me. Wow, I'm I'm okay. I think I think okay. we're on the same page. I think Andrew liked that one a little more, but I'm yeah. with you, Brett. Okay, sure. Okay. I'm glad I agree with somebody. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about Oblivion? Uh, well, that's that's an interesting thing because this is the first time we see Sardo used by Tucker instead yeah. of Gary. Um, it definitely has a different feel than like Gary's Sardo, but I still enjoy it. Um, I think Sardo is a little more bubbly, and by this time he's kind of more of a parody of himself instead of like, mm. oh, well, you know, he's doing these things and these things. It's like we're used to it by now. Um, but that being said, I don't hate the episode. I actually find it closer to the top of my list not the very top but like upper like tier like six or five um i really like the idea of you know erasing something and have it end up in this space that people only theorize about and then we get to see like it in reality with all this junk here and it really kind of makes you think on a philosophical level if you explore the idea more so it's it's fun and thought-provoking yeah, cool. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was your favorite. Yeah, that was my number one. And that was my nice. number my number two. So yeah, we we both really liked the idea of Oblivion. Yeah, that world. Yeah. Um, if I were to give it a rank, I would put it uh, number three for mine, with Vampire Town being top, and then Forever Game being two. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wh- can I ask you, um, what did you think about uh, Misfortune Cookie? Uh, um, that's an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> Um, is it, it? I don't know. <laughs> it, it depends on how I line up with you guys because oh. I, I've watched it like five times in a row now. <laughs> Research for my book. Don't don't worry uh, about us, Brett. Just just speak your heart. Okay. I hate it, but I try to give it some credibility for being like it's a wonderful life. But uh, man, that kid David, he can't draw for beans. <laughs> I don't know how he's able to become a famous comic book, you know, illustrator from that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind fair of enough. Nice. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the like ancient Chinese wisdom felt a little shoehorned in, and that yeah. grandpa was constantly you know lurking, you know, <laughs> almost waiting for his cues. So that took me out of the experience. And the biggest gripe I have about that episode in particular is that you know David's dark self, which is that like samurai from the box, he he pretty much just like does his little fancy scimitar tricks, like hoo ha ha hoo ha, <laughs> and then just stands there, and then David runs away instead of like battling him. And I want to see more of that battling going on. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David versus David. 
<laughs> yes. I feel uh, like it's weirdly one of my favorite uh, items from an episode this season, though. Yeah, the... yeah, I like the golden yeah. um, fortune cookies. I like the box itself. It's just wasted potential. To yeah. They could have been more of it. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so it's lower for me. Okay. What about... um. What about uh, Walking Shadow, the Macbeth uh, episode? Um, yeah, that's that's another one that you know, my perspective changed as I watched it more because I didn't like it as first. I thought it was boring. Mm. I thought it tried too hard to be like Jake and the Leprechaun, but uh-huh. um, with the actor from The Lonely Ghost who played Nanny in it, she she kind of grew on me of her performance, and I like the idea of this haunted theater related to the play specifically. And I really like the visuals of seeing uh, Adrian, I think his name is, the Macbeth ghost, mm. and um, his like final death scene was was rather poignant to me. So... Um, I enjoyed that, and then points for having, you know, Jay Baruchel <laughs> yep. again here, as well as the actress who um, played Carly Beth from The Haunted Mask. So, uh, I'd yeah. see upper upper middle tier for me for that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I th- I'm right there with you. <laughs> cool. Um, we have The Hunted, the uh, the anti hunting tale. Yeah, uh, that that has Peter written all over it. I don't know what else <laughs> you think they paid him off? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it it didn't do much for me, like as a story per se. Um, I did used to own a Siberian Husky though, so it touched mm. me right in the heart seeing like, you know, the 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 wolves siberian huskies kind of interact with the hunters so there's a little bit of sentimentality there for me and i like the concept of her turning into the wolf to kind of see what it's like to be a wolf but it something about the execution or i felt like it should have happened to another character who's like more aggressive about their opinion would have made it a better story so i'd say lower middle for me that's a great point i don't think we even brought that up but that or maybe we did but that the, the wrong person is learning the yes. lesson. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not an episode we much liked, but um, they certainly are trying something different here. Yeah. 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 I'll give them points for that. So I think we're all on the same page for this one. Does that does that only leave uh, Jake the Snake? <laughs> is that the last? Did we blow through all thirteen already? <laughs> I think, I think, I think so. so. Wow, that was quick. Um, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Jake the Snake, <laughs> which I, which we've already announced we're talking about next week. So Andrew and I kept our thoughts um, more abbreviated. So sure. feel free to just riff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you could also have me back for that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Um, sure. So Jake the Snake. Oh boy, that is in a category of itself. It's it's probably so bad it's good, but oh oh man. Um, <laughs> So, so you have this character who he used to play hockey for a team and who knows what his full backstory is, but he spends the rest of his life working in like a forgotten locker room of some high school with a hockey stick waiting to give it to some kid who's feeling sorry for himself because he's not good enough and he wants to make him better. But the price for paying that is that he starts shedding and turning into a snake himself. Like what? How's that even like related to each other <laughs> plus uh, you have cgi snakes in a snake pit so... were they cgi yes oh okay I mean, oh jeez, it's it just like that period of of like 
film and TV industry where they're like, CGI is so awesome. Let's try this too because the movies <laughs> yeah. did it. And it just looks really, really obvious now. So it hasn't aged well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, I think we're with you, which is we don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Although <laughs> I think, I think some of the lines and the acting is pretty comical. Yeah. And I, I think Jake the Snake, <laughs> without spoiling anything, he has one of the best deaths of the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that for a little mystery for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you had to kind of, uh, where do you feel on it? Like a top, middle, bottom? Oh, jeez. I mean, I say it's an outlier, but <laughs> I, I don't know. If you if you like so bad it's good, then it should be higher up. Yeah. Um, in my book, I gave it a, a five-star review just because of how nice. bizarre it is. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It can easily get, like, a one. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really how you yeah. perceive yeah. it. It's just really how you perceive it. I think I'm going to, le- you know, go in the direction of kind of gruesome gourmets where, you know, this is ridiculous, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Any other lingering thoughts about season six? Things uh, things that stand out to you? Midnight Society, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the Midnight Society for a little bit. Um, I like I like how Tucker introduced the society. I thought it was a little... I thought it was appropriate, but I didn't like it as much where they like introduce furniture into Midnight Society. <laughs> it yeah. is kind of like, you know, well, we're not tough enough for doing it how <laughs> gang did, so let's just get comfortable. <laughs> but, yeah. So there's that. And then, um, I mean, most of the tales are evenly dispersed. Um, I feel like once we jump into season seven with like one of your later episodes this month, uh, we'll definitely get to see the Midnight Society experience a little more maturity and character development, mm. which certainly helps their tales overall. Yeah. Um, this is just them kind of getting their footing for the series, uh, not only the revival series, but the whole series. And I think for that reason, it's it's one of the least liked seasons of the entire series. Mm. But that's just because it's it's trying to find its footing. Yeah. 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 I um, Have you watched season seven yet, Andrew? Any of it? Uh, I, except for silver sight years ago, I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've watched it and I guess, I guess we can save uh, cause we'll have you back on Brett, but I oh, guess, um, we can talk about what we prefer cause mm. I, I've watched it and I definitely have an opinion Which on Which season it. is better? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that sounds good. But we can talk about that more. Um, anything else before we wrap up? Yes, I want to give a shout out to the AYAOTD Army. Um, mm. It's a little group that I put together who's helping me with some Are You Afraid of the Dark related projects. Oh, cool. And awesome. while I can't say much yet, I have some exciting things in the works. Wow, cool. sweet. And uh, yeah. where where can people find you if they if they want to like check out some of your stuff or get in contact with you? Um, you can check out my Instagram page at Brett Wilson Art. Um, you could also check out my Twitter page at Brett Wilson Art One. Um, you can also check out, you know, my Facebook page, but really most of my focus right now is on my Instagram page and I, I'm actually selling, um, posters of some of the nineties Nickelodeon shows, uh, both are you for the dark and Pete and Pete right now. And it'll yeah. expand into uh, other series later this year, uh, on my Etsy page. Um, so if you go to Etsy and, you know, type in Brett Wilson art, you'll see all my stuff there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing a really cool series currently, um, where you're, uh, combining, um, 
Are You Afraid of the Dark villains with Goosebumps villains with another artist? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Joe Blasterd, um, he's just done a phenomenal job. And this kind of happened by accident because I was rolling out some other like posts for my video game centered stuff. And I guess we just started talking about Goosebumps and he and it kind of spurred upon this simultaneously. So we're just running with it and it, yeah. everyone seems to love it so far. And yeah. I actually have a new post out today if you want to go check it out. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've really been loving them. So, uh, yeah, we really, we really highly encourage people to check out Brett's stuff. Um, you, I think there's a link at least, uh, I think there's a link to, to buy some of your stuff right on your Instagram. Yeah. There's a link in the bio that goes to either my Redbubble store, which has stickers and then Etsy for my posters. So I got a lot of 90s nostalgia stuff for everyone if they're interested. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. we'll be talking to you more this month, but thanks for chiming in on season six. Uh, we, we look forward to talking yeah. to you again. Sounds wonderful. Thanks guys. All right. Thanks, thanks. Brett. See ya. Take care. Bye. Really great to hear from Brett Wilson. Always, yeah. He, um, I think he just adds a little expertise that we're probably lacking yeah. here. And, yeah, uh, it sounds like he's really dug into these um, a little more than us, you know. And probably taking a little bit of a higher stance of like uh, he can really see any of these episodes anywhere on the spectrum. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. They kind of you could really make an argument that any of these could kind of shift depending on your perspective. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, he sold me a little bit on secret of Meyer. I could kind of see his argument there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's certainly he right on vampire uh, town. Didn't sell me on gruesome gourmets, but <laughs> I'm not sure anything could. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure he was trying to, but could you, I guess, could you see my argument a little bit on eerie Indian, like the eerie Indiana vibe? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Uh, that wasn't even, that's really not my problem with it. I, I know. Yeah. I know. I guess, I guess I'm more um, thinking about it for myself of like, I think that might be it. That's oh, like, yeah, that's yeah. what's grabbing okay. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll definitely hear more from him. Um, we did get an email from uh, somebody regarding season six. This is from our buddy JD. Oh, cool. And he said, hey, BOC gang, I love that you're diving into the last two seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'm a diehard fan and love the whole series, but these two seasons just fall a little short for me. It's cool to see the Midnight Society live on past Gary and the gang. I think the most jarring thing to me is Tucker's deep voice. <laughs> My favorite episode of the season is probably the tale of the forever game. It just really felt like the most classic Are You Afraid of the Dark that I'm used to. The tale of Jake the Snake just oozes Canada with all of the hockey, and I think the monster face was actually pretty well done. Overall, I think the season misses the influence of DJ McHale. He had so much to do with the first five seasons, including writing under the pseudonym Chloe Brown, so his name wasn't on the show too much, an antidote that I love. Uh, keep up the Are You Afraid of the Dark content. I love it all, and love the episode you guys wrote. Love the podcast, and love in your love for all things Nickelodeon. Thanks, JD. Awesome. Yeah, really thanks, nice. Judy. Yeah. And we're going to keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we hope you guys have enjoyed this journey down season six lane. Uh, it's been a long episode. Yeah. Thanks for uh, uh, taking the journey with us. But uh, it's been, you know, really fun just to kind of explore these for the first Definitely. time. Definitely. I love this being able to get into something from this era yeah. now that I just, that's new to me. Yeah. In season seven, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what you think. Um, I think it's, in a lot of ways, just very different. Mm. I think it's the most different of all the seasons. Huh. And I'm not saying good or bad, yeah. but um, it, to me, it has a little bit of a different feel. Okay. Uh, we'll see what you think. Um, yeah. But as we've announced, and uh, we'll reiterate here, what are we doing next week? 
Next week we're talking maybe the most infamous episode of this season, <laughs> Jake the Snake. Yeah. I hope people are kind of ex- I didn't when I picked it I had no idea whether there was a reputation just that it seemed like it had to be talked about. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah, there's so much interesting about it. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, we're definitely going to do a call that. Um, still kind of pinning who it is. And we're going to talk to Brett again on definitely on season seven, um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find some. Uh, so you can find us on uh, Twitter at BOC Podcast, on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like JD did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can hear us on Podbean and iTunes, leave a review. That's really helpful in helping other people find us. Um, and uh, thanks again to Brett for uh, chatting with us. Yeah, I think that puts a wrap on season six. I now declare this meeting of the BOC closed. <laughs> <laughs>
that the roles, like the little kids should have been playing the big kids role and the big kids should have been playing the little kids role. Like they just seemed opposite. Wait, but why? Why switch? It was just like the little kid was acting like the one who was like more knowledgeable, like more worldly. Mm. And it's just like, this would be the older kid. Like this is an older kid and a little kid. Like, they're acting the opposite of how they should be acting. 